Disclaimer. The views and opinions you hear expressed by the participants on the show are not the views of AnimeNewsNetwork.com. Enjoy the show. Everybody, welcome to Ancast. I'm Zach Birchie. This week we're back for another game show. Hasn't haven't had one of these since about uh, E3 time, but we only do about two of them a year, so there you go. Uh, if you are not interested in video games, don't listen to this show and come back next week where we'll be doing an anime podcast again. I feel like I shouldn't have to explain this after four or five years, but oh, what do you know? Um, <clears throat> anyway, so uh, joining me this week we've got video game reviewer and author of the X Button for Anime News Network. It's Todd Ziola. Hey, Todd. Hey, what's up? And our other video game reviewer and co-host of Fast Karate for the Gentleman podcast and writer for some other places. You can also find him on Tumblr. It's Dave Riley. <laughs> uh, I will spare you a, a retelling of my PSV the TV joke, but I do want this one. <laughs> yeah, we're re-recording this. We had we had some audio trouble, but uh, uh, also Joel was going to be here, uh, but he has baby trouble. Yep. Uh, but congratulations to him on his uh, his newborn. Yeah, show. fighting them off by the dozens. <laughs> Just a constant swarm of babies. Uh, so it's they been a little while. Yes. It's been about six months. And uh, in that time, been a lot of video games released. A lot of new consoles released. A whole lot of stuff has happened in the world of the video games. Uh, so I uh, figured we'd just go around the table and talk about what we've been playing, what we've been doing in that world. And uh, why don't we start with Todd? How's it going, man? Hey, so uh, most recently I was playing East uh, Memories of Celsetta for the Vita, or Wise as everybody calls it, because right. <laughs> nobody knows how to pronounce the names of old cities in France or whatever. But it's basically a retelling of East 4, which sort of came out uh, way long ago. And this time around, they've kind of delving into the backstory of the main character, whose name's Adol. He's like always been this sort of blank slate character for the player to project their whatever emotions onto even though the games really don't involve a lot of decision making along that those lines it's not like a dating simulator where you can do whatever you, you, you want though so but one thing the East games have always been good at is basically the action part of an action RPG it's very not very much like Zelda at all where you basically have a mix between puzzles and killing things uh, East is really mostly about killing things with some puzzles thrown in here and there and the earlier East games as you some of you probably know, they basically just said you're running directly into monsters to kill them, and whoever had the higher stats walked away. Uh, in later games, they kind of changed that so you can actually attack things just by pushing a button and jumping around or dashing. But through it all, they really keep a good uh, momentum to the game. They make it so you don't really get bored, you don't get bogged down fighting a monster or anything like that. And that ties into the whole idea behind the game. Adel is an explorer. He's supposed to be adventuring and exploring a lot of stuff. So far in the um, East 4, though, the, well, there was a lot of fanfare behind it because it was Falcom making East 4 for the first time. The, they previously made like three different versions of East 4, but not by Falcom, which is the company that actually makes them. So it's kind of like their personal ver, uh, vision of what East 4 should have been. And it's okay so far. It's got a lot of the things that are kind of bothersome about East, for example. The story is really cliche. Adel isn't really all that interesting of a character, even though they're trying to give him a backstory this time. And it's, uh, it's not too bad, but I've never been too big on East. I'm not sure if this will make me a fan, but I'm going to stick with it. Then I'll try to review it, and who knows. And that's a Vita game? 
That is a Vita game on the PlayStation oh, Vita. Man. It looks like a PSP game, but it's a Vita game. <laughs> wow. I mean, were, were these are these remakes basically like contemporary? They're not like remakes of a remake that was on PC like six years ago. Oh, I, well, Salsetta isn't. Basically, I think they came out with a East Four for the PlayStation. I think it was a PS2 game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the other uh, Falcom remakes, like you have um, the Oath and Felgana, which is East Three, and that, that was yeah. a remake. That was the PC game, and then there's the there was an East One and Two that was also was something to do with the PC game. Salsetta uh, is a lot like East Seven, actually. I think it's probably even using the same engine from the looks of it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a very much like that. We and then one of the neat things I will mention is that you can easily switch between characters. You've got these two other characters trailing you and helping out with attacks all the time, and you can just swap between them with a button press. That's actually a really neat feature. It's an approach I'd like to see a lot of other games do. It's kind of like Final Fantasy Twelve, except you're directly attacking people and swapping between characters really quick. Secret of Mana, right? Yeah, basically. A lot like that, too. So, yeah, it's a good way to do a multi-character party and and, uh, still keep it an action game, basically. Mm. Yeah, I like that sort of seamless Mm. approach where you... I I hate anything that makes you go through menus in any game. exactly. Just hate menus. It's uh, very fast-paced, and I'll give it to them for maintaining the spirit of the original games, which are, you know... I didn't realize this until a couple years ago, but they were really very influential in the way Japanese RPGs did, even though we in America didn't really see them. I mean, we might have played um, East on the 3 on the Sega Genesis or the Super Nintendo or the original on the Master System, but in Japan, it was amazing how popular these things got. They had basically over a 100 different East albums remixing all the music, Hmm. which is what it's known for, primarily the music. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Anything else? Well, uh, as you might tell if you read the X button, I went back and through all the games that Neverland Company made. They recently shut down just the, well, just this past week, and they made the Lufia games as well as the Rune Factory series. So I kind of just plunged through that whole thing, dug up whatever I could about it, and played them. And you know, they really were a very solid company. They just didn't really establish um, much of a individual brand or personality or something. It's hard to look at a game and say, well, oh, Neverland Company made this. It's not like, you know, Treasure or um, Platinum Games where they have a following and a lot of people who will live and die for their logo or whatever. But they were good and they had a lot of potential. And uh, Lufia's, the second Lufia, Lufia 2 on the Super Nintendo, is still a very good RPG. And I liked the DS version that they came out with. And I also liked Rune Factory, which came out a while ago. So I am sad that Neverland is gone. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have thought that the same people who made Lufia made the Record of Lotus War game yeah. for the Dreamcast and Rune Factory. It's the same Joel's not here because I remember him playing that Lotus game. Yeah, he loved Lotus. Uh, they did, uh, they did a lot of dungeon hacks. Even, there's even a little mini dungeon hack in the Lufia DS game and the Super Nintendo original. And so, yeah, they made a lot of things. Yeah, I feel like when this happened, I, I, I felt like I was going to come home and my wife would just be waiting there and be like, I'm finally free! Because <laughs> she plays the Rune Factor games, but I feel like she just sort of plays them out of like a sense of obligation, oh, although no. real, like silently oh, despising like them. Oh, really? You know, the guy, I really liked Rune Factory 4. I thought it was kind of... I guess if you have that sort of compulsive thing where you have to basically constantly tend the crops, keep... Them. yeah. Yeah, monsters. but I really found it pretty easy to just set down and you know come back to because it doesn't really keep up. It's not one of those games where you have to 
basically play the game every day where right. or you might miss something like Animal Crossing, it pauses it where you because there's no network of people to interact with. You're not visiting anyone else's towns unless you know specifically get a message from them or something. So it was kind of low maintenance, I thought. Uh, I mean, the most notable, I, I would watch her play it over over her shoulder on uh-huh. occasion. And the thing that I would most frequently see her doing is she'd be fighting some, like, giant boss, like a dragon or a unicorn or something. And she would be carrying, like, a pile of 30 rice balls on her. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I never really understood what was happening in those moments. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, in the new one, at least they let you put all that away, and you but you have to expand your bag to carry more. That is one of the great things that you can carry just about anything in the game. You carry all this food, and you throw it up to the animals, and you can put the little monsters you tame. You put them to work for you on your farm. So it's basically like uh, it's kind of disturbing in that sense because you're basically like starting this whole plantation of servant beasts or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, you you would befriend the monsters, right? But then you put them to work. Exactly. You give, well, you give them jobs. You're a job creator, you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. But, yes, I, I think Rune Factory will go on, though. I'm sorry if you're... Uh, yeah, just but somebody much else. Much your wife's chagrin. They'll, yeah. they'll either hire some of the Neverland people on mm. as, the, as an internal team, or they'll get someone else to do it. So <laughs> that won't die. But I don't think you're going to see any more Luthia games. Yeah. The I DS game was... Uh, I feel like Luthia's kind of been long gone, right? Well, the, the yeah. DS game was a remake of 2, right? That's right. right and, that's right. And it wasn't very good. Actually, I liked it a lot, but it wasn't very popular. I think it sold like maybe it barely broke twenty thousand its opening week in Japan, and I don't think it did that much better over here. Mm. So it's yeah, Square and it's a Square Enix property now, and they didn't really seem that it's probably pretty low on their list of stuff. It's down there around a Xenogears remake and um, maybe an Einhander sequel. Oh man! Yeah, I know. Don't it, don't. Don't break yeah. my heart. Okay, okay, maybe not. It's probably Einhander is probably a few ranks above Lufia. Maybe it's more like internal yeah. section or um, air guys or whatever. Uh, I could do that. Uh, it's it's stuff they don't okay. care about. Anymore, I like so. that. I like that game. It was all right, but it wasn't no Einhander. Did you ever play internal section with the li- the little um, the tube oh, shooter where you were going? I don't around? think I've ever heard of that. Oh, it was yeah. a, that was a weird one. It was basically kind of like Tempest, where you just went around and shot all these. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, I'm Googling it. Like twelve it right different now. items available at the twelve different weapons available at the same time. It was a neat game. Kind of like a Radiant Silver Gun, like that sort of weapon swapping. Yeah, a, yeah, a little bit like that. Did you ever play N two O on the um, PlayStation? I don't think I've heard of that either. That's <laughs> uh, one, one of those things where you just go around a tube. All sorts of things I can play on my PS Vita TV because I'm there sure these go. are on the, the PS One store in Japan. You know what though? I, you can't play Gravity Rush on the PS Vita TV. I think uh, it seems like you can't really play anything on that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which but is they, like I was pumped. I was all set to import it because I was like, oh, it's going to be totally import friendly because all these things are always pretty region op- open. There's usually not region locks, and I I was like, you know, seconds away from hitting the confirm button on play asia and i was like eh, maybe i'll just wait and then the thing came out and it apparently plays like two video games that you can get <laughs> yeah well hey you never know maybe it'll be like the vita eventually well i hope they actually put it out here because it seems like it did sell very well in japan and they that kind of put like the brakes on it it almost seems like it's the, the pocket station all over again where they'll uh dial back whatever they're going to come out with in, in america yeah i mean i just I am I am the target market for that thing. I don't own a Vita yet. I like playing things on my TV when possible. I'd like an excuse to play Persona 4 again 
because I have a hundred hours of my life to waste. <laughs> Oh, yeah, right. You could oh, play Persona. Speaking of Persona, you know, what do you think? Um, oh, I mean, you're obviously so excited. For <laughs> that, which one are you looking forward to most? Let me well, you. And I'm actually looking forward to Persona 5 most. I love oh. those late Persona games. But the idea of a Persona made by the Etrian Odyssey people <laughs> is pretty awesome. And those characters are adorable. <laughs> okay. I don't even remember what's it called. It's got like a really Q, weird. Q, I think. It's, and there's some subtitle on it. But yeah, it's Persona Q or something like that. Yeah, I think that's the right title. God, and then there's yeah. the dancing game and the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if they game. keep that like English narrator in there. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I mean, I'm not going to fault them for trying to dance a game. They made a fighting game and it actually ended up being pretty good. Yeah, it did. So. Maybe they got something there. Well, Maybe they're like the, the uh, people who made the Hatsune Miku games. Yeah, that's, uh, I was gonna say that's the Miku guys. So you're gonna like rotate her, and then it's gonna try and look up her skirt, and then the entire mob oh, is like know. not available. I don't know. Maybe they're like the square of like the mid '90s, where they were just like, "Yeah, we're gonna make sh- side-scrolling shooters. We're gonna make fighting yeah, games. Yeah. Whatever." I would play a Persona side-scrolling shooter. Play as Chie. She shoots cake. DVDs. Well, I mean, the Persona stuff, that that's Atlas's biggest seller, and they got bought by Sega. So, yeah. obviously, Sega's like, hey, guess what you're making for the next three yeah. years? Yeah. I mean, as long as Nothing they come here. Persona games. Yeah, I'm sure they will, too. I mean, it's not like, well, Atlas didn't really have too much else in their stockpile, I guess. I mean, they have Etrian Odyssey, of course, but yeah. you know, they're not going to go back and make another Run Saber or whatever it was that they did back in the Super Nintendo days. Well, somebody I follow on Twitter pointed out that Sega was like, we open our entire catalog to Atlas. Oh, that's right. Will, and they were like, Valkyria Chronicles. Oh, I've got a heart attack. <laughs> Just the, the suggestion that it could happen was so exciting to me. Well, but I guess if, the, if that's France, true, that's not technically dead. If, yeah, you have if, to pl- if, play Project X Zone and pretend that's Valkyria Chronicles or something. Or I mean, if that's true, know. then we can all hope that the Persona dancing game, in addition to having Hatsune Miku as a playable character, Shadow the Hedgehog will also. <laughs> oh man! Speaking <laughs> of which, I've been scrolling through my Steam list just trying to figure out what games I played recently, so I put them all out of my mind. Uh, and I was like, when did I buy Sonic All-Stars Racing Transformed? When it was Why? <laughs> apparently, it's just, apparently it's just like a free weekend or something. But oh, man. I was just that like, was- man, there was, I must have gotten drunk during that Steam sale. <laughs> is that the one with the – that's not the one with the Shemu uh, forklift, is it? Maybe it is. Uh, maybe this one's more recent. I don't know. That's, that's the got- most recent. I Okay, so I bought that because uh, – you know, I, I stream a lot of video games, and that was one of them. And they all like a bunch of people had it, so they all wanted to do multiplayer rounds, and it was like seven dollars or something like that. So I was like, okay, fine, whatever. It does have Wreck It Ralph in it, um, wow. uh, so it's about a year old. It's it's not a bad. It's a perfectly fine kart racer. Okay. It has a Panzer Dragoon stage, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Not the Dragon oh, stage. So anyway, we're getting that's way off topic. on like the airships. I would guess. <laughs> okay. We're getting off we're getting off course here, Todd. <laughs> what else have you played besides ease? Well, aside from all the Neverland stuff, I'm basically just kinda uh, slowly going through uh, Tales of Exilia. Which I'm kinda taking at the same pace I used to take um, role playing games when I was like a, a teenager, which is and I play them on a couple hours on the weekend, I forget everything about them, then I go back to it and it's all new and exciting again. <laughs> 
So yeah, and it's not too bad. I'm only a couple hours into it, but it's not too bad. I mean, storylines have never been the Tales game's best thing, so I kind of gave up on liking that. But the characters are okay, and the battles art system is actually really fun. I gotta say, it's probably it's up there with my favorite battle systems from the series. So who knows? Maybe it'll be one of those mid-level games that I like all the same. So. Yeah, I don't know. That game bummed me out. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, it's it really didn't surprise me when the uh, producer of the games met claimed that they were inspired by the Uncharted series, because you can tell how they got rid of a lot of the um, stage design, like the puzzles and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've always gone back and forth on those puzzles, because I feel like, in actuality, the Tales puzzle dungeons are, Mm -hmm. like, 35 minutes longer than they need to be, and those puzzles are not hard. Uh, So, Mm -hmm. in a way, I was like, I guess it's not so bad that they removed all the puzzles, but they replaced them with nothing. So, Mm -hmm. it's just sort of like a bunch of straight like you just walk through these corridors and then get deposited on like a gigantic yeah, you, field. Yeah, and you go jump to another bit, corridor, you go up a little bit, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping there'd be more jumping and things like that, or at least yeah. giving you. What was it? It was in Symphonia. You had some kind of X sphere or whatever a bl- uh, that you used to shoot things. I yeah, I mean that's that's pretty common. Usually, yeah. Yes. Like, I don't think you get to do that either. Shoot something far away. No, I don't think there's anything like that. You don't have that like creature from Tales of the Abyss, that like little blue thing that you threw at the switches and it lit itself on fire. Just so they yeah. were like, well, why give you a ring when you can put the annoying cartoon mascot to work? Yes, yeah. Now, I haven't gotten to the annoying cartoon mascot yet, so maybe that's where I'll give up. Oh, God, you haven't gotten that the bad thing. It's so annoying. <laughs> and that, the character that hangs out with them is even worse. It's like, you mean the, the little girl or the... Yeah, uh, oh, my gosh. Well, so far, I, I, I'm really kind of hoping that they I meet some more characters soon, because I actually like, uh, what's her name, Mila or whatever? Yeah, she's, she's all kind of right. got this deadpan focus. It's like, instead of being a complete empty-headed, you know, the, what is Kiss kind of yeah. alien girl? She's more like a... She's like a somebody who knows about life only from reading, reading Wikipedia. And yeah. <laughs> so she's a nerd. But the other characters nerd. don't really play off her that well. It's like she'll make this completely nonplussed um, statement, and then there's like nothing to it. There's like yeah. no follow-up, no real, no beat to it, no comedy. So who knows? But hey. And I have been playing fighting games. Aqua pizza, pizza, aqua pasta. Aqua pasta. Aqua pasta, yes. It's all right. It's actually got decent. It's okay as far as the mechanics go. And they do put some funny jokes in. It's just, it's the complete antithesis of what I really kind of like as far as anime goes. So as far as the anime element, that's kind of a turnoff. Well, Todd, why would you call (laughs) cute characters a negative? I don't... (laughs) I don't understand. That's what people wanted from that game. Oh, our readers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was really confused. So I, I read your review, and that's the first that I ever really even heard of Aquapasa. It's our that's the most I'd ever heard of it beyond the name, which is hilarious. But so, am I correct that there are characters in it from Two Heart, which I only know because like my friend in high school was into it. Yeah, yeah. Right, wow. So it was, that was like 15 years ago. Now, was that the game, or was that when Right Stuff released the anime over here? Because I, I, I was surprised to find out. Games. I had to go look it up, and they actually released the anime over here. But I almost yeah, forgot so, about it. Like, is that still a series that like stuff gets made from? No, they no, the only like, stuff that seems to get made of it are like statues of the the female characters and stuff like that. That's the one there's like, a, it's like a green haired girl and she has like a broom or something. Yeah, she's an android or something. That was okay. like, oh man. <laughs> that's all I know about it. 
Oh, it reminded me of, I think I remember I first saw Two Heart when I bought like an issue of Animage back in the late 90s, which, you know, was like finding the Dead Sea Scrolls when you're an anime fan of <laughs> the internet. And it had like a picture of Two Heart, and I was like, what the hell's this? Which was, and I didn't care about it even back then, which, you know, when I was in my every anime is great period was kind of a rare thing. Mm, yeah, I remember that time. But it's a matchup of all, the, of all these um, characters from various series that are either completely unknown in America or really obscure, like, I don't even know how to say it, Utawaru Mono. Oh, I actually know what that show is, because I remember when they put out the anime oh, <laughs> did, 10 um, years ago. Uh, did Chris Orr send you a screen rub it or anything? I don't think so. I never. I think I might have had the DVD. Wasn't it? Yeah, because it was an ADV series, and I remember back when we were... I, mean, I don't think I ever watched it. it was like, well, maybe I did, because I kind of remember. Isn't it It's the one where the guy goes into alternate dimension, and there's, like, cat people or, like, Beastman or something? Yeah, it's Japan, but with a bunch of furry tribes okay, people. Okay, well, I guess I just assumed that was an alternate dimension, because that didn't get covered in my history it probably, class. <laughs> Uh, it is kind of an alternate thing, yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of it is. It's weird. It's uh, in terms of playing it though, it's actually fun. Although there's also Chaos Code, which came out recently on the PlayStation Network, and that in terms of the play mechanics is not as good. But I kind of like it better just because it's not as ab- abrasive as um, uh, and cutesy as Aquapaza is. It, I mean, you've got like these robot maids and whatnot, but you've also got some goofy, weird characters like a, a chef who's special move is throwing his, uh, a waitress at you and stuff like that. <laughs> so, yeah. It sounds cute enough. It's not too bad, yeah. It's, a, it's kind of a throwback to those old fighting games you'd see back in the late 90s when um, the game that people, they knew how to make a really decent Street Fighter clone, but nobody noticed because by that point, the whole fighting craze was dying down. Yeah, they were trying to, like, fill that void. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Ka- I think Street Fighter 3. But, you know, it's like, it's like only 12 bucks, so if you dig fighting games, check it out. And uh, I think that's enough out of me. Zach? Oh, uh, well, uh, Dave is the only person who has moved into next gen. Ah, it's true. I've made my choice. Right. Now I will live with it. I am PS4 for life. <laughs> I don't care. Until, so you, until you just so buy the ah, Xbox. What haven't I tried? <laughs> Everything they would give me for free. You got Killzone? And some other stuff. No. <laughs> I didn't. I, man, I heard people talking about Killzone. And that's never been a game I've been able to play more than, like, an hour of before I just get completely fed up. Yeah. And they were like, man, the grass in this one, like, an explosion happens in an old game. You'd, like, the grass would all just move together in a wave. But in this new game, the grass is, like, moving all different directions and stuff. And then they're like, they basically pause for a beat and then say, but this game sucks ass. (laughs) That's like, why are you talking so passionately about the grass? Who cares? So I kind of feel like that's the point I'm at with, you know all kind of next-gen games, quote-unquote. It's just like, yeah, I'm sort of good with the graphics right now. I'd rather people, like, learn how to make a good video game. <laughs> and that's and to the point, like, I, I, I bought Call of Duty for the PS4 just because I was like, I don't know, I guess I want to get a game that has, like, guns in it, and this has split-screen co-op, so maybe it'll be fun. And, and I tried the game, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the story of me, because the dog's name is Riley. And I, so basically, I'm just transported back to high school when everybody called me Riley. Um, but so, so I tried to, I played the first level of Call of Duty, and before the like first tutorial thing is over, I've died twice because I didn't walk fast enough, and I was just like oh, so wow. irritated by that. Like to the point where like 
I go inside the house, explosions are happening, there's like an earthquake going on, and I'm in like a foyer, and there's, I'm like, basically this foyer is also doubles as a steeple, so I'm like looking up at like the steeple and like the little windows, and my brother's like, ah, come on, Pat, we gotta go through this door and run, and I was like, oh, okay, so I start sauntering over to him, and be, and I get through the door, and then my screen turns red, and I, it's just like you died. I was like, what happened? Because at first I thought maybe like, oh, you know, this is telling me that they put Strawberry Jam on the screen, that like sort of tutorial thing. But then I just immediately start back at the cutscene. And then while the next thing's happening, I get a phone call. So I'm trying to drive through the part I've already played. And I like get hung up on a fence or something. And it just kills me. And it's like, you died. Reason? You didn't walk fast enough. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. I'm trying it to look gave you that as a reason set on there? Yeah, it was like you failed to keep up. You didn't hustle, man. Come on. Coach is going to cut you. And then you you play this part where you're in space, and it was kind of neat. And I was like, I guess this is fine. Except that, like, I don't know. I just don't care about these games where the guns are, like, the AC920, and then, like, you're holding that gun, and then it's like, do you want to pick up the AC920 custom? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. Is that better? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, and it's like ACOG site. Red dot site. I'm like, what is? I don't know what any of this means. Holographic site. Just looking over the barrel of it, though. So I guess it doesn't uh, have that same. Really, it's not like in Resident Evil where you found the the Magnum custom or whatever. Yeah, that's. But that's all I want is like, okay, here's here's a shotgun. Like here is there's one Magnum, or maybe two in the later Resident Evils. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like so when I played. Call of Duty Black Ops, whichever one that they invade America, which I guess is all of them now. Uh, I found like a gun that shot through walls, and I was like, "Well, I'm just going to keep this one, I guess." Or maybe it even started me with it, and I just. But otherwise, like I don't know what I'm doing, so I just find whenever they give me a point where that you could pick up two of the same gun and shoot them at the same time. I'm like, I guess I'm just going to do this. But, but otherwise, like uh, Call of Duty is not my scene. But on the other, like, the next-gen tip, I don't know. Resogun is great, but I think that is, like, widely agreed upon. Everybody really loves that game. Yeah, it's like really the Geometry Wars of the uh, PlayStation yeah, 4. <laughs> I mean, I, I really love Super Stardust, and these are the people that made Super Stardust, and I would say it is better than Super Stardust. <laughs> so, because, I don't know, I felt like Super Stardust had, like, a lot of random elements. Like, you kind of had to get lucky in uh, getting power-ups early to get a really high score because they were kind of random and depended on, like, how many how much crap you could blow up at once in, like, your initial couple boosts. And this one, it's a little more structured. It's pretty short. It's only five stages. So it's, like, kind of not worth playing unless you're really into high scores. But it's also free for the time being because every PlayStation comes with a month of PlayStation Plus, and it is free on that. And I also played Knack, which is just... Just the pits. You've got a review of that in the queue. Like that. We've got your review of Knack in the queue. I just haven't run it yet. And uh, Oh, Knack. It it's just, just like, I mean, I feel like I didn't read a lot of reviews, but it seemed like everybody was saying the same things. It's just like, it's kind of this like boilerplate. It's just generic as all get out it's the cameo elements of power of like <sighs> yeah just it's just like not at all fun and it has no personality it like certainly seems to think it has personality but it's just this like third string digression of like dreamworks copying pixar 
and then this Japanese studio is copying DreamWorks, copying Pixar, and like all the bad guys look like Shrek, mm. uh, and just all the it's just all these like dumb archetypes. Yeah, it kind uh, of made me wonder who it was aimed at because you've got like these kid-looking characters, and then you've got like a, a war going on with the goblins, and it's a yeah, like well, some people get murdered. That's for sure. Really? They actually uh, not like not like a lot of people, but you definitely like beat the crap out of some goblins and. Uh, and like some people maybe die, quote unquote. But it's still, oh, okay. I, but, but it's it's really it's framed as a kid game. It's super hard. Really? Not not in a way that's actually frustrating because checkpoints are like instantaneous, um, and you're it only checkpoints you back maybe like five minutes. But everything in the game kills you in two hits, which is you know maybe plausible. Maybe you could make a game like that, except that. You're like slow as hell, like, and all your stuff has crazy recovery. So you have to stand there for like 45 seconds every time you do a three hit combo, or God forbid you dodge when there's like another guy who might conceivably attack you in the next five seconds because he'll just hit you. And it takes like an hour to move after you've landed from jumping. And is this so, just when you're like a big net version of no? It's always like, you're always slow. Oh man, <laughs> and you're always wow. equally vulnerable. Like. If you're tiny, you're big, whatever enemies you're fighting will pretty much kill you in two hits. Uh, and, and it's just, like, kind of insulting. Like, so you'll be, wa- you'll be hurt. You will have taken one hit and survived the encounter. And you'll walk into the next one, and there'll be, like, a little pile of health crap. And it gives it to you, and your bar fills up like a centimeter. <laughs> like, you would have to pick up 20 of these dumb piles to fill your health bar. So it's essentially meaningless. And that, like, expands to most of the secrets. You punch down the most obvious wall of all time. Mm-hmm. And behind it is this, like, pittance of health or special meter or, uh, on very rare occasions, some sort of upgrade power or, like, a, a part of an upgrade schematic. And those are... It's kind of a neat idea what they do with that because they have this, like, social element while all the people on your friends list... When you find a part, you can pick the part you got there or the part they got there. But, like, it's, so it's cool. Would that it were in a better game? Because I did not care about any of those parts. Like, I really wanted to complete one just so I would have had the experience of completing one. But the first thing uh, me and my wife completed because we played a co-op was this, like, it's like, now you have three special moves or four special moves instead of three. And I was like, hooray. <laughs> and then eventually you go unlock the secret detector so you can tell which crumbling wall you're supposed to knock down in these like square rooms with nowhere else to go but straight. <laughs> it's just like so. I'm a, and, and uh, the the thing that irritated me the most was when we finally beat it. And it's probably like twelve or fifteen hours long. It's way too long for a game with a three hit combo and Sonic's like homing spin attack, and that's all the attacks you ever get in the game, pretty much. Really, uh, so no matter no matter what you absorb, you know, to make oh, neck don't even, or something, don't even let you them sucker you with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. It's like it does not matter. Like wood, ice, uh, metal. If sometimes you get poisoned. The poison one is the only thing that has like any significant effect on the gameplay. Otherwise, it's just like if you're metal, don't walk under the metal magnets, or sometimes do because you have to. If you're wood, don't touch fireplaces, or sometimes do because you have to. Uh, it's just like it's basically just like, hey, you know how normally your health bar extends when you get bigger? Well, now it extends into two different segments, and you got to pick up different stuff. <laughs> like sometimes you got to pick up relics, and sometimes you got to pick up wood. It's just 
Uh, it's so bad. And the thing that insulted me the most was the end credits come up and they have him, the Knack character, like dancing all saucily. Oh to, my God. It's like it's some like like, dance party at the end of an, uh, a DreamWorks movie, right? Yeah, it's, it's like he's, he's dancing to some popular song. Uh, and I was just sitting there like, you're not fooling me. Like, you're not convincing me of the sub. Like, you're this, like, sprightly creation. <laughs> so full of wonder. Stupid, dumb game that's just, like, so, uh, redefines is, average. You don't think Mac is really the new um, delightfully impish mascot for Sony, like Crash Bandicoot or uh, Sackboy or whatever, huh? I play all the Crash Bandicoot games before I played Mac again. <laughs> I just It was so lame. And it was, like, kind of fun at points. Because we were playing in co-op, and sort of, it's kind of funny because it's one of these like straight up 1996 style co-op games where the second character does not exist. Like the game does not care about him at all. The camera angles make no accommodations for him. Uh, so, and the most funny part is all the cutscenes are rendered in real time, and when a cutscene starts, there's no load time. So you, as the cutscene is starting and people are talking, you see the second player blink out of existence. <laughs> so like they went out of their way to delete him from the cutscenes. Wow! And there's no twist ending where the second player character was in the first player character's head all along, or something like that. Or I think the twist is when two thirds of the way through the game, we discovered that the second player had ability that healed the first player at the cost of their own life. And since the second player can infinitely respawn, we we're like, oh, this game got a lot easier. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, I, uh, regardless I of all that, I would bet money that you're going to see Knack in the whatever the next PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale, whatever that thing <laughs> Riss. is. Yeah. Oh I don't know. It sucks. Like, I played a little of that Warframe game, which is free to play on PS4 as well as PC. And I only played about an hour or so. It seems like it's got a really bad art style. It seems like it's got really bad microtransactions. But they're trying to be Mass Effect 3 multiplayer so hard that I might get suckered into it. Just because I love the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer so much. And they were like, in this one, you're a ninja. I mean, the controls kind of suck. And especially, like, our gamepad in- integration on PC is garbage. But you get to be a ninja and, like, run on walls and stuff. Slash guys with the sword. And upgrade powers like in Mass Effect. So I bought it. I feel guilty about it, but I did. So anything else on the PS4? I mean, as a console... Uh, I don't know, because people care about all this stuff like like the Xbox plugging into your cable box that I just don't give a shit about. Like, I just only want to play games, and that's the only thing I care about. Now, so what I, about the streaming? I tried it. It seemed fine. It seemed like it was really low res. Uh, yeah, I know. And I, I have a streaming setup, so I don't know. It just seemed like I, I gave it a shot one day just because I wanted to futz around with it. And it is easy. Like, you push a button, and then you click on a menu option, and you're doing it, which is nice. But people were saying that it's, like, just compressed as all get out. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't look good at all. And so, that, yeah, so that's a shame, especially since the PS4 for now, I think, I don't think it's going to be forever, has uh, copy protection on the games. So you still have to do this, like, dumb, circuitous thing to stream it through a capture card. Well, also, I've noticed, and I don't know if you noticed this, but um, whenever, I'm, uh, whenever I see someone uh, during that, like, first week or week or so of... Of the PS4 being out, a lot of a lot of people I follow on Twitter and stuff were like, "Hey, I'm streaming on my PS4. Come check it out." And it would be inside the Twitch window. It's inside a window with its own chat 
Oh, in really? That window. Yeah, I guess maybe if you have the chat enabled, I mean, maybe that must have been some bug or something. But yeah, you can put the chat on your TV. So maybe it was mistakenly streaming that whole thing out. Yeah, it was totally streaming the whole screen out. And it that's was like, really this dumb. is some bullshit. And it was but super same time, low res. Awesome. It was super low res. Sometimes when I watch streams that uh, uh, not. What when I watch them after they've been archived and people say stuff to the chat channel, I'm like, what? I wonder what that chat guy was saying. Yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah. Well, that's, that's like every get stream. around that. <laughs> it's like every stream, but uh, yeah, no. The, the 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 Twitch thing is like that's integral. Like that's yeah. when they announced that when those consoles were were first getting announced. It's like push a button to stream to Twitch. And I yeah, like, I mean that was that was the thing I got excited about them too. Yeah. But. yeah. I know, without the ability to use your own mic, I don't think it really benefits me much because I usually stream as a couple. Right. So yeah, yeah. hard to use like a lapel mic for that. But it is it is pretty cool that you can just do it at the push of a button, and it's just like no work. Like once you put your your login and password in there, you're just set up forever. As opposed to like I mean, I used to use like five programs to stream. Like I had like an audio doubler, and then you have to have the capture thing, and now I've got it down to one. But I've still got to like go through an HDMI switch to remove copy protection and all that stuff. Right, right, right. So it's it's a nice dream to think that you might just be able to do it from the console, you cut out all that crap. But it doesn't look like it's there yet. But I mean, at the same time, like I prefer having like now that I've seen it in action, I prefer having the total control of doing it all through my totally. PC. Yeah, and you can more accurately like adjust your volume sounds. I'm sure your yeah. settings. And if volume. I'm yeah, and if I'm using XSplit, and I use the Elgato for like console screen for console streaming, um, but if I'm using XSplit for PC streaming, I could put little sombreros on everyone in the game. Oh yeah, I mean I had the most fun with that <laughs> when we were doing our extra live stream. I was just like throwing uh, animated gifs that I found on my computer on the screen, and so yeah, yeah there's definitely more to be said for. <laughs> having the ability to do it yourself. But, you know, that's like most of those capture things cost like between 150, 200 bucks. Not everybody wants to spend that, especially when they're spending 400 on a console in the first place. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Okay. So, you- <laughs> um, so aside from the next gen stuff, sounds like that's kind of it from the, on the PS4 for now. Uh, what else have you been playing? Uh, I mean, I, I've gone through super Mario world, mm-hmm. which was pretty, pretty great. <laughs> Now, did you ever have to use that white tanuki suit? Yeah, okay. a couple times. That's what <laughs> lets you makes you invincible. And you I didn't. I didn't know it made you invincible until we were like running into people, and I was like, "Wait, we're just killing them. What's happening here?" But that game's pretty pretty fun, and it's not very hard. I think maybe I saw that white tanuki suit like four times. I don't know. Maybe that's too many. But yeah, because. It shows up when you die five times, I think, or something. Oh, is it? I felt it felt like more to me. It felt like ten, but I guess that's more realistic. I mean, it definitely kept showing up on that last boss, and by the end, we were like, if we had to start the stage over, we we're like, just use the Tanuki suit. Nobody will know. But uh, I mean, the game's the game's super fun. I actually feel a little guilty uh, enjoying the last one that came out for Wii U as much as I did. Because this one feels so much more creative and just it feels like there's so much more thought put into it. Versus like New Super Mario Brothers, you, which was kind of just, you know, the gamepad stuff was yeah. fun. No, so you, you like the cat suit and everything else that goes on? Cat suit's great! Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the cutest cat. Climbing up stuff is super fun. Uh, when everybody is a cat and you beat the level, 
sometimes they go meow after after they go like woohoo or whatever. Uh, did you yeah, play uh, Mario on the 3DS? The, the Mario nah, 3D. I didn't really play that one, so this is all fresh to me. And I re- I really like it. Uh, I like I don't really like the 3D Mario's very much. Mm-hmm. So this Mario one. 60- you mean Mario 64, Sunshine, yeah, all Galaxy? Of them, Galaxy. Oh, you Sunshine. Like I, I played a little of it. Sunshine's the only one I think I've ever completed of those. I just, I, I don't like that running around in like the quasi open world stuff and jumping on guys. Uh, I was saying, somebody was talking about this earlier and I was like talking to those stupid banana people, whatever they are. I just hate all of that. Uh, yeah, but I do really like. All, I just want structure from the levels, right, right. and I feel like the the 3D world has like super good structure. Yeah, it uh, seems like there's a lot less empty space in those worlds. Yeah, like, yeah. In Mario 64, you're running around all these long paths with nothing on. Yeah, them. like I never had fun doing that triple jump to like get up to high places and all that crap. Uh, so the fact that it's a little 3D, but essentially it's made with a side scroller mentality, you know, pleases me a lot more. Uh, though. It's pretty hard to like know where you're jumping on stuff. I feel like the, something about the perspective in that game is just really weird. Oh yeah, yeah. This may be partially because of me. Like maybe I'm just not good at it. I also don't perceive the 3D on the 3DS very well. Oh yeah. Uh, but I, I will just constantly like jump in the air and then land right in front of a Goomba, and then he like takes your suit, your Tanuki suit, and you're like, man, what the hell? So the princess is pretty good for that because you can float a little, sort of feather it. Now, you've also got the other princess, right? The one from Mario Galaxy. What's her name? Yeah, Rosalina. (laughs) Do you have to unlock her or something? Yeah, I I guess she has like a double jump or something. Oh, okay. It's like I haven't played her. Uh, But, yeah, it seems pretty powerful. But I don't know. I mean, it's not like any of these guys. they, They all just jump on stuff. And if you get like a cat suit... The cat suit's good because it does this like close range swipe that you don't really have to think about your positioning very much. So I ended up having the most fun with that. And they are like so damn cute. And that game knows it. Because it like it, one of the levels in like World 2 or something, it just puts you on this savanna that there's like nothing to do in it. It's just this like big room at the end of the level where you can like chase rabbits around. And if you catch them, you get like a star or something. And I was just like, you guys just knew these cats were really cute. Oh, yeah. And, uh, how, yeah. and how's the multiplayer? Oh, it's super fun. I always love the multiplayer in the Mario games, even though like they can't make the run button the same as the pick up your friend button. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That's so annoying. Especially since so all all we would do is like you grab the other person. And then you try and throw them away, but you were going to jump across a pit. So now they're in midair, and then you try and jump, and your head like rebounds off their feet, and you fall right into the pit. Oh wow! And they've nerfed the bubble, so you can only bubble when you're on solid ground now. Which means that like, if you're you're falling, you're just like, especially in something like a tanuki suit where you fall slowly, you just have to sit there and like think about how you're going to lose the tanuki suit now. <laughs> the five seconds it takes to hit the ground at some of these levels and die. Uh, but, you know, it's pretty easy overall, so it's not like you get bothered by it that much. And you start with, like, ten lives or something when you continue, which is more than enough to complete any levels. I didn't like any wow, of those that- dinosaur levels where you this monster. I don't know if she's, like, an exist- or existing character. 
Yeah, Loch Ness Monster. Oh, yeah, I think they had something like that in Mario 64, but who knows? Yeah, it was Plessy, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. That's just something I don't remember or what. Uh, I played a lot of Legend of Zelda, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, that's yeah, pretty, getting well, good reviews across the board. Yeah, that is like that is what Zelda ought to be. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, people who like 3D Zeldas, but 3D Zeldas suck. Now, this one, people were complaining because they didn't think the graphics looked as good as the old hand-drawn or something. Did that bother you, or did that... Uh... I, I, I like sprite graphics better than polygons in a lot of cases. I wouldn't say no if they gave me a like 2D Zelda. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't sitting there like, these graphics are unacceptable. <laughs> the poly count is so low on this like bomb-throwing ogre or cyclops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I didn't really think about it. They have these like little hermit crab things that are... You have to do the fetch quest for and find a hundred of them, and they were pretty cute. So they at least had like some sense of design to it. Now the uh-huh. big question about Zelda for me, because I was a big fan of Link's Awakening, can you steal from the shop owner, the guy who's selling you your all your stuff? I don't know. There's so the dude who like rents you the items. There's a big sack of rupees in the corner of the room, and if you go near it, he's like, "Hey, buddy, you better back off." But I got the impression that maybe I could steal them. I just could not figure out how. Okay, yeah, because that was my favorite thing to do in the Zelda game you yeah. uh, for the game. That's, one, that's where they like rebrand you as Thief. Exactly, your name is Thief for the entire game if you steal. Yeah. And if you go back to the store, the uh, shop owner kills you on sight. Yeah, so. he shoots you with lightning. Or something. Yeah, you stand. You just stand your ground or something like that. Who knows? <laughs> I should remember this better. I've like just played that game when it was out on 3ds, but I have not liked a Zelda in a long time. Like it's the last Zelda I probably like even close to sincerely liked was Wind Waker, I guess. And even then, there were like a lot of parts of that games that really dragged. Now, have you tried the HD version? No, I just don't. I don't care. I mean, Wind Waker was fine. Ocarina of Time was. I remember it being pretty good, but I haven't replayed it since it came out. But like, I just can't. The pacing in the 3D Zeldas is so slow. How about the other portable Zeldas, um, like Spirit Tracks? And oh, I never really got into that. Hourglass? Yeah, I tried. I mean, I tried Spirit Tracks. I think I got about two thirds of the way through it. But just like, it's just like I feel like they must have locked everybody who's made a Zelda in the past like fifteen years in a dungeon or something, or like because oh, yeah. like this game has no relation to any of the Zelda games that have come out. Well, it's basically kind of into the past. Because the guy who um, did Link's Awakening, I, oh, I forget his name, it's Koizumi, some, but he basically went to work on Mario, and they haven't led near Zelda in a long time, so I would like to see him go back to Zelda. Yeah, it's just like, I mean, it's crazy. I feel like Mish Cap was, like, fun enough. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a, it's like little mini-games were pretty annoying, that, like, fusion thing. Wasn't and since you like co-op play a lot, what did you think of uh, Four Swords? Four Swords, yes. I only, I only played it a little because I didn't... Uh, well, it was on Game Boy Advance. I'm trying to remember, or like you need the GameCube link. Yes, cable. it was one of those games like Final, like Crystal yeah. Chronicles, where you so need the Game Boy Advance connected to the GameCube to play. I, I spent like forty dollars on those cables and only oh, used man. them like twice. So when it came out on DS, I played a little of it because uh, they put it out for like the anniversary or whatever. It was pretty fun, um, but like I feel like the last Zelda game I was really into was Link to the Past. So. Uh, yeah. This game being like a straight up, yeah, it's like a, it's an homage in a serious way. Like this is no joke. Like it's the same world map, and everybody was like, "If you know where the witch is, then you know where it is in Zelda." And I was like, "Well, I haven't played that game in probably like twelve right. years, so yeah. I don't know where the witch is. So it's all new to me." 
Yeah, I wouldn't uh, remember either. Now, the link, uh, between, link Between Worlds seems to have the whole ultimate reality thing instead of just the dark world. It's not the same thing because you've got, like, this other reality where there's a different Zelda and she doesn't. She has like what a, a Star Trek beard or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know she's yeah, she's got like black hair. I don't. I mean, I think it's still the Dark World. They just call it something else. Okay. Uh, and that, that's kind of the cool thing about it. That's how they they gate the world a little. Even though you can rent any puzzle solving item you want, is that the Dark World's all messed up and and basically cut into chunks. So you have to find associated places in the light world where you can cross over and figure out where you actually want to go. And then there's like a dungeon or two where, or maybe just one where you have to like cross between the light and the dark world while you're playing it. Oh uh, uh, yeah. I like that Pandora's tower thing. At, um, I, I think yeah. I game. I don't remember. Oh, at the very end. Right. The last so, dungeon, the one that they had the bug, you couldn't go into when the bug came Yeah. The, which was yeah. a real shame because that was the best dungeon where you got to work between things but i'm sure zelda did something like that at some point i can't remember that. yeah i mean I'm, I'm certain as well but yeah you know it's just it's really good it just feels sincerely good and it respects your time which is like the thing i hate most about zelda is that it never does anymore that's what i really remember hating about ocarina of time you just had to those huge fields that you were supposed to you know marvel at the yeah, the mapping of the Gorout shading or whatever it is, of the sunset or whatever. But yeah, the open kinda... worlds with just like nothing in them. Exactly. It's just like, and it's persistent to Skyward Sword. We have to run across these giant areas that like have no purpose. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I don't remember, I I played Twilight Princess when it came out. I don't remember anything about it. Uh, but the Skyward Sword crap, like every dungeon you go to, you have to do a pre-dungeon. It lasts like two hours and is no fun. Right. It's sort of like a, a training dungeon or something like yeah. that. And it was just so irritating to me. Like, I didn't even play the game. I just watched my wife play almost the entire game. The only wow. time I picked up a controller, uh, I didn't think about the fact that I was, like, using waggle physics or whatever. I was waggling the, the Wii mode around. Uh, and I knocked a beer over and killed my laptop. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no, the Wii accident finally happened, like, five years after this thing came out. Uh, but, yeah, it just, like, it was, it made me miserable to watch it. <laughs> like, I, it was like, that game is, like, 60 hours long. And oh, God, this, yeah, it's, uh, oof. That, I mean, this one is, like, maybe 15. I think I probably spent more than 20 on it. Because I, I think I did pretty much everything there was to do. Except get all pretty good. Because, I mean, one thing you don't really realize until you go back and play them is that a lot of those old Super Nintendo and NES games were short. I mean, Oh, yeah, totally. Day. Yeah, I mean, how long do you think Zelda um, Link to the Past would take? Like, four hours, maybe? Yeah, that's not, I bet it's longer, though. It's probably, like, 10 hours long. But I definitely, when I was a kid... My friend had a Super Nintendo, and I played it over the course of a weekend in, like, one of those situations where I was like, this is the only time I'm going to get to touch a Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah. I have to play this whole video game. Oh, so you were a Genesis kid? or <laughs> No, I just didn't have any video game consoles until I was, like, 15. Because oh, wow. uh, one time when I was eight, I was banned. My parents took my Nintendo away. <laughs> I never got it back. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get one until I was 12, so it's not too bad. Don't worry. Yeah. So I, I had to wait until I had, like, an, an income stream of my own, and then I played catch-up as quickly as I could. What was the first one you got, the first game system you replayed? Well, I, I found my NES when I was about 15. I found, like, the secret hiding spot after, like, Oh, seven. wow. And I was like, yes, I can play Dragon Warrior! <laughs> Dragon Warrior? Yeah, did you get the free Dragon Warrior from the I did. Bar? In fact, oh, wow. uh, I remember when that, when that arrived, I was so pumped. 
because the rule in my house was you could only play video games on the weekend and showed up on a Tuesday. And my mom was like, all right, this time we'll let it happen. I was like, yeah, but never beat it until I was a teenager. But yeah, and then like, uh, eventually I saved up enough money to get a Super Nintendo and it came with Killer Instinct. And I spent oh, yeah. a lot of time convincing myself that Killer Instinct was a tolerable game. Well, you know, I think Killer Instinct had its moment. It was like, I will always remember it because I actually won a Super Nintendo playing it at the arcade. So oh, that's I have awesome. Killer Instinct, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that, like, I remember when I was a kid and you would go to those arcades and they had the ticket machines. If you get mm-hmm. like 6,000 tickets, you could get a Genesis. And I'd be like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure out skee-ball. And I never did it. <laughs> Well, hey, now there's you always go into Dave and Buster's and try that and get like a yeah. Wii U or whatever. Yeah. Well, now I'm just an adult and I can just buy things because exactly. I have <laughs> Like I did with the PS4, even though there was really, I don't know, there was no so, reason. So um, you probably weren't swayed to get an Xbox One by Killer Instinct then, huh? No. I, though, I mean, truth be told, there's more stuff on Xbox One I'm interested in than the PS4, even though like Crimson Dragon got Oh, sex. my God. Oh my god, poor Crimson Dragon. I feel so bad for um, Yukio Futatsugi with his. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's sad. Yeah, you um, can kind of tell that they really got kind of got screwed. First, they had to take out the Connect and put in the regular controls and sort of leave the Connect stuff in. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they've been making that game for like five years or something. Yeah, pretty much have, yeah. Uh, that's just like. It's just not good when stuff yeah. like that happens. It just seems like nothing good comes out of the other end of it. So I just looked it up now, and apparently you asked co-op. Crimson Dragon? That's what it, this Wikipedia page is suggesting. It features wow. six dragons. I had three-player online co-op. I had no idea. Yeah, it has, oh, man, it's, it's kind of weird how they integrated it. I haven't played it myself, though. So I mean, I'm trying to spare myself the disappointment. If yeah. I get an Xbox One, I'll try it out, definitely. There, there, there has not been a single positive thing said about that game. Yeah, it's, it's really sad. And uh, the thing that's been killing me about this Xbox stuff is just like every game seems to have microtransactions. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, that's like a $30 game. And then if 20, you want yeah, the full like, experience, you have to like dump another $60 or something mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. their uh, microtransaction ec- uh, economy. So. Yeah, I just hate it. Like, just charge me what you think your game is worth. I just hate this this idea of like selling to people who are like in a sense almost mentally ill because they're so obsessive compulsive, uh, and just like basing your entire f- uh, financial system on like selling to people who probably have like a real problem that should be dealt with because they're willing to spend like nine hundred dollars on one video game. Well, what's it's weird not to me, a sustainable solution. What's weird to me about that whole thing is that they tried to do that. With the title that the only people who would give even half of a fuck about that game are weirdos who are still into Panzer Dragoon. Yeah. Who <laughs> are not sort of, Like, these Speaking are the kinds here, of people yes, who, yes. like, don't buy smartphones because they have some sort of superiority thing about not playing any game on a smartphone or something. Like, Panzer Dragoon guys are real old school. Like, they're not the kind of guys who are going to buy into some weird... Microtransaction it's thing. It's funny you brought up smartphones though, because they came out with a Crimson Dragon game for Windows phones of all things. It's well, Microsoft. of course, it's a, it's a console exclusive. And, they paid. Oh, for really? It. Is it like a is it like a crossover app? Yeah, it's a, it, no, nah, it's it came out like a year before Crimson Dragon. Uh, it's just a side scrolling shooter. Uh, it, it it was really pretty average, but it kind of made me think that the actual game might not be that bad. Yeah. But, yeah. 
That's so sad. I mean, you know, but as long as I don't actually play it, I can always tell myself, well, every critic is wrong. You know that they're yeah, <laughs> yeah. You go on the message boards now. <laughs> Be like, no, I don't know. You. I mean, Order was. I feel like that. That was like one of the first games I think I bought for my Xbox. Like it came out pretty soon after the launch. I think. That, I, no, that was no. It was like that a was year. The first game, okay, so maybe I waited a year until I bought an Xbox thing because I feel like I had Halo and then I got that. I waited. Uh, Anyway, so, um, yeah, so you did the Mario, you did the Zelda. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think I'm think i tapped out. I feel like I, I've been talking for a while. And Mario and Zelda, both super good. Uh, 3DS, best console of 2013. <laughs> I love that thing. I mean, um, like, I feel like between that and the PC, you're pretty much set. Like, you don't even need, like, Xboxes and PS3s for the most part. Uh yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. I uh I, I had a PS4 pre-ordered. Uh, once it got up to the zero hour, where it was like, okay, if I cancel this pre-order, I won't have a chance to buy one of these for I don't know, a couple of weeks or something like that. And uh, I did not regret canceling the yeah. pre-order at all. I was like, okay, you know what? I I don't I don't think I need this. Like so instead. I bought a new video card for my PC, um, which at the like Nvidia was having like this crazy thing where like you bought a video card and you got Batman, Assassin's Creed, and Splinter Cell for free with it, and it was like three hundred bucks for like what what for a card that was previously like five hundred bucks or something like that. Like mm. it was a nutty deal. Uh, so uh. I updated that, and then um, <clears throat> I entered the next gen by buying a Wii U. Uh, there you go. Yeah, which um, I don't regret, but I look at it now like I, I bought it. I've, I've had a lot of fun with it, and uh, I'll continue having fun with it so long as first party games keep coming out. But I, so, I think it's a doorstop. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I really do think it's it's a uh, I, I, maybe all the doom saying about it is it, it's sort of gotten to me a little bit where it's like, yeah, this seems like I you know. It seems like kind of a failed console right out of the gate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they certainly took their time. What have you got for it, Zach? Um, so, well, I bought the Zelda edition. I bought the Wind Waker HD one because uh, Hope loves Wind Waker. And I figured, well, you know, we it's easy to stream the Wii U. I don't have to go through any sort of HD CP shit or whatever it is. Um, and uh, so I got it for that. And... Mostly, I bought it because that you know Super Mario World 3D looked like a million hours of fun, and uh, it would turned out to be about eight hours of fun. But it was a really good <laughs> eight hours. <laughs> I really liked that game, and I, I noticed uh, Dave, you were talking about the the pity suit. The uh, yeah, yeah, they messed me up. <laughs> I pity suited my way through the last like world or so. Yeah, they definitely. I, it definitely popped a couple times on the last boss. Oh well, if that's all it was for you, then you're a much better player than I am because I was getting the pity suit all through the last world. Like, well, if if you're playing it mostly solo, you don't have the insurance of somebody else being alive, so you can respawn. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, so I was reading conflicting reports on that. Like, first of all, I just want to say, like, that's a fucking fantastic game. And if you have, if you can just buy a Wii U, uh, like, if you have the means to just say, ah, fuck it, here's three hundred bucks. That game is is worth it. It's really good. Like, 
it's a tremendous amount of fun. Like I blew through it in like two and a half days, and I don't blow through anything that fast. I don't finish games. Like that game was really, really fun, except for the weird Deviant Art Bowser at the end. That was weird. Uh, yeah, that was really strange. I wasn't really into like Catman. Yeah, that was really. It, it was so Deviant Art that I was just I was laughing really hard. I had to like pause it and like sit back and be like, I was. Uh- I was I was kind of hoping that they would just put him in the same sort of like felt cat suit as everybody else. Yeah, that instead of this weird like Digimon redesign thing, like <laughs> super weird, super fucking weird. Um, but uh, I, I heard conflicting reports that first of all, multiplayer isn't fun in that game because it turns into total chaos and you have no control over like when the screen scrolls and it, it apparently like. Maybe it's just me, or maybe that's just what I saw. The it's much more fun solo. That's what I heard. And also, my girlfriend fucking hates platforming, so she wasn't gonna play with me no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe the multiplayer makes it better. I, I, I really liked it, but I I'm a, in the camp of multiplayer makes everything better no matter what. <laughs> Even bad that, games can be somewhat clear. fun. This much is clear. Um, <clears throat> Uh, but uh, for solo, I was fine. I, I did the Peach thing all the way through because, of course, you would. Like, why wouldn't? Why would you play any other character in that game? If it's Super Mario Two rules, you got to be using Peach the whole time. Um, and I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had lots of frustrated moments, and like, it was just the right amount of frustration. Like levels where you're like, "How the hell do I get past this?" And then eventually you do, and you have to just focus and kind of hunker down and like get into it. And yeah, it was. Uh, you reminded me of playing like one of the really good like NES ones, like that's 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 how good that game is. And I was juxtaposing it because I just bought the Wii U like uh, about a month ago. I was juxtaposing it next to New Super Mario Brothers, uh, which is a tire rehash. Yeah, uh, that that's what kind of blows. <laughs> like, that's what I was saying to, to Todd. I was like, you know. After playing New Super Mario Bros. New World, I feel a little embarrassed that I I was so positive on the the other one, Super Mario U. Well, I, uh, you know, New Super Mario Brothers U or whatever, uh, it scratched a particular itch. Like, mm. I enjoyed having it because I could play a level, go back to working, and then play another level, and then go back to working and stuff. But after playing Mario 3D World, I was like, okay... It, it just sort of puts into relief how much of a tired rehash the new Super Mario Brothers games are. Um, and they're doing really creative things with the, the Mario World stuff. So uh, I hope they, I mean, I would imagine they'll do another one, maybe, if this thing isn't, you know, totally abandoned by 2015. Maybe they'll do another one. Um, but, um, yeah, so th- that, that's sort of the highlight of, uh, of my Wii U experience. Um, I did buy... Uh, I never finished Mario Galaxy. So once I finished Mario 3D World, then I went and got Mario Galaxy, which I never finished. And tried to play it on the Wii U, and I will tell you, Wii, Wii, Wii games look like butt. Mm-hmm. They look terrible. Like, I didn't want to sit there and play it because it looks like I'm playing it on a PC that just can't fucking handle anything other than, like, 420 by 300 resolution. Mm. It looks like shit. So I, I don't think I'm going to play it because it just it looks so bad. Like, they couldn't even put a filter on it or something, or something to up it a little bit? Like, obviously it's a more powerful console, 
That's actually funny because you could just play it on PC with an emulator and up-res yeah, it to like 1080p. I could mm-hmm. do that, but I bought this damn thing and, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I totally could do that. Um, <clears throat> but uh, the other thing I bought was uh, Nintendo Land, which I was just so curious about. And uh, I regret that purchase. Oh, <laughs> uh, really? I, I mean, I li- Look, the thing I liked about Nintendo Land were the competitive multiplayer games. Yeah, like the, Mario well, Chase. One with a lot of fun. the dudes are ghosts and the Luigi's have to find them. But they all only have like three maps. So you play it for about 45 minutes and then you're done forever. Yeah, we had a lot of fun playing Mario Chase and uh, a couple of the other competitive games. Um, those were fun. but And I, I got it for like 15 bucks. Maybe I don't regret it. Like, it's about 15 bucks worth of fun. Uh, I just don't think I'll ever put it in the machine again. So it's like, well, yeah. okay. On the shelf with you. Um, so did you try uh, the wonderful 101 yet? No. Um, the, the, that's, I think that's coming next. I, I, uh, I restarted my long dormant Gamefly account just to go through Wii U games that I was curious about. And the one I got in most recently was Rayman Legends. Uh, which I heard was best on the Wii U, and uh, I'm not sure I agree with that. <laughs> because the biggest problem for me on the Wii U is uh, knowing which screen to look at. Um, and Rayman Legends occasionally wants you to just look at the gamepad hmm. uh, instead of the TV, and it's it's kind of annoying. Like I'm not I'm, I'm not sold on that as like a mechanic in that kind of game. It's a very pretty game, and it, it, it seems like it's fun, but I don't like having to just look at the Wii U screen to control the secondary character to, like, do things. So it's like you're playing Rayman Legends, um, and you hop through things, and then suddenly you're in control of this other character, and you have to look at the screen in order to, like, cut down logs and, like, pull up roots and stuff in order to help this other character through the level... But the only way you can do that is on the second screen, is on the little screen. Um, and I don't really ever want to only have to look at this tiny little screen in order to play the game. I want to also be able to look at my TV. So it, it doesn't really work, I, I found. I, I didn't really appreciate the uh, touch controls on that one. Um, kind of wish I'd gotten it for PC instead, because they excised all that shit. <laughs> but uh, there's that. And then, uh, so like I said, I did get the Zelda uh, the Zelda version, which came with a free copy of... Wind Waker HD, and uh, that game is fucking gorgeous. Like, it looks amazing. I kind of can't believe it. Like, when, when, I, when I first got this thing and had to go through all the updates and everything, I was like, haha, this thing is kind of a piece of junk. And then loaded up Wind Waker HD, and it's like, oh man, this looks like a different game. Like, this could have been made last year. Like, it looks great. Um, I was really impressed with it. Uh, now they also made it a little less tedious when you have to sail around, I understand. There's a, yeah. a certain sail you get. Yeah, you get a faster sail. They took out all that bullshit at the end with the where you got to sail around and get all the seven or eight pieces of the fucking map or whatever. Um, Hope's, Hope's playing it. Um, I chiefly got it for that, like I said, and uh, she's enjoying it a lot. And and, and it, it really is gorgeous. Like I don't, I'm not sure quite what they did to it, but... I, maybe it's just the art style just upscales really, really nicely, and it it turned out that you know they could upscale it like that, and it would it would still look really, really good. And they figured out exactly how to make this look really, really good. Um, and I, I was very impressed with it. Uh, I, I, if you're a fan of that game, I would say if you have the means, that's the other one you should totally get one of these consoles for. Um, but yeah, I, I 
I do firmly believe it'll be a doorstop in about about a year or two. <laughs> uh, next year, it's just Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. Um, I'm, I'm waiting and, for, for yeah, Bayonetta. Yeah. That's the thing Bayonetta. I'm excited about. But and then um, X the year after. So hey, if that ever, <laughs> if that doesn't get canceled first. Yeah, uh, but the, the other thing that's available only on the Wii U that I have been enjoying is uh, Earthbound, which oh, I've yeah. never played. Oh, yes, yeah, so you, you missed out back in the Super Nintendo when it came in that big box with the guide and everything. Yeah, yeah, totally missed out on that. Um, a, a friend of mine uh, bought one of those when they were on clearance at Best Buy for $5. Wow. Flipped it on eBay recently for 1000 Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, people are nuts about that. Yeah. <laughs> but they uh, finally got through all that rights clearance stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. it's 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 available for purchase for $10 on the Wii U, and I have been enjoying it quite a bit. I, uh, I never really played it, and I was always curious about it. And uh, the the fact of the matter is, like, that that is one of those use cases where it's like, I can take the gamepad, and, you know, it's a Super Nintendo game, so it's fine mm-hmm. playing it on a little tiny screen. Um, and that little tiny screen is fairly high res. It, it looks pretty good. Um, hmm. So I can take that and turn, you know, leave the Wii U on, and go to the couch or you know sit up in bed or something and, and play some Earthbound. And uh, that that's fun. That's like a good. That that's one of those things where it's like there's no other way that I can sort of make these games portable unless I'm like hacking an Android device or something. So it's nice to be able to take the gamepad and go sit somewhere else and play this little RPG. And uh, frankly, like the, what they did to that game, I don't know if the Super Nintendo version had this, but you can just hit a button and it will sort of automatically, contextually, uh, do what you're supposed to do in that situation. So if you're standing next to a person, you hit one button, it's like a trigger button, and it talks or it'll initiate combat or it'll pick whatever the most obvious thing to do is. And uh, that makes getting through the game much faster. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm really enjoying that. I, I, I want to finish it. Oh, yeah, it's really pretty well designed for its day. In fact, I think it's, I don't know how far you've gotten, but you probably noticed that when you get higher levels and you won't even have to fight the monsters anymore, it'll just automatically assume you win and give you the, the experience points or whatever. Yeah, yeah that's already so. happened. It was, it was nice. <laughs> it's very well designed. Um, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a fun game. Uh, I, like I said, I... I I don't regret buying the Wii U, but I don't think it's long for this world. I, I think it, it might be Nintendo's Dreamcast. Oh, no. Hmm. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but the other shit I've been playing, uh, Assassin's Creed 4, which uh, I actually like a lot. That game's a lot of fun. It's really pretty, too. Man, it's gorgeous. Um, I was really soured on Assassin's Creed after the third one. Well, really after brotherhood i liked brotherhood a lot and then revelations came out and i tried to play that and it was like uh man okay i'm bored with this then the third one came out and they were like revolutionary war stuff and that seemed neat but then it turned out to be not neat or fun at all um that game is garbage uh, but this one uh i'm actually really enjoying a lot um it, it it's it's very open worldy um uh, the gameplay is pretty straightforward. Uh, it's, I, it, it, to me, it's sort of combining uh, everything I liked about the Ezio games, uh, while adding in a few other little things like the ship combat and stuff, just enough to make it a little bit different. And uh, it, apparently, it's like forty hours long. I don't know if I'll finish it, but 
it's really good. Like, that's a really solid game. I mean, I don't really care where they take that franchise next, but it's nice that they made another good one, I guess. <laughs> After t- and you're playing it on PC or PlayStation yeah. 3 or... Yeah, like I said, it came free with my graphic cards. So. Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks, it looks phenomenal. Like, that is a really good-looking game. Uh, what else here? Anyone else play Grand Theft Auto V? Nah. Not me, actually, no. Yeah. I played it for about an hour. <laughs> and then said, nah, I think I'm over this. Saints Row is kind of... Saints Row I really enjoy. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of fun with the fourth one. Yeah, I feel like I don't need another open world game after that. Yeah, I don't know. It's not... It, the open world games have never really been my cup of tea, but the inclusion of co-op and superpowers was enough to let me give it a look. I mean, Saints didn't, Row... Didn't do me wrong. Saints Row 4 was little more than an expansion pack, but it was a lot of fun. I don't know. I yeah, I had enough fun that I was cool with it. I, I mean, I could see that, but like, I just don't think enough about the geometry of an open world to be like, they reuse the same city. These are all the same assets. Like, in, the, in 4, they're like, go to the broken shillelagh. And I was like, what's the broken shillelagh? I don't know. I might as well have never heard of it. Even having played through all of Saints Row 3. Right. Um, yeah, so I, I I flipped my copy of Grand Theft Auto V the week it came out and got all of my money back, and I felt pretty satisfied about that. And um, I am sure that even though that experience has now happened twice in a row, where I'll get a Grand Theft Auto game, play it for a few hours, and go, you know what, I don't think I want to play this. Flip it, get all my money back. Then when Grand Theft Auto VI comes out, I'll still be like, oh, I'm so curious, and I'll buy it. and then Be strong. <laughs> or at least rent it. I gotta try and be strong. I gotta try. Um, anyway, uh, last two things. Uh, I played the Wolf Among Us, the new Telltale. Oh, the yeah, the based on the, on the Fables comic, yeah. On Fables, uh, which seems like it is, it was somehow spat into our current, our current timeline from the '90s through a wormhole. <laughs> Uh, it is the '90s is fucking thing. Uh, I think I've played in a real or seen in a really long time. Um, it's it's not bad. Um, people who don't know, this is the same folks who made the Walking Dead game, which was like the <laughs> not that Xbox game, the uh, <laughs> the, the tell, good one, basically the Telltale Adventure game, the good one uh, that won most of the Game of the Year awards last year. Uh, they made this based on the Fables comics by. Some horrible weirdo that has terrible political opinions that apparently you can completely ignore uh, and still play this game. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it's kind of like The Walking Dead a little bit, but it's more of like a, a serialized mystery, I think. Um, it, it, it feels like it is stuck in the 90s and sort of ignores the fact that gritty, uh, grimdark version of fairy tale thing has been done a billion times <laughs> since Fables came out. <laughs> so none of it uh, feels fresh. That doesn't mean it's bad, and I did enjoy my time with it. Um, it's also quite short, but they also no longer sell these things in chapters. So you can't just buy chapter one, chapter two. You can't just check it out. You have to buy the whole thing. So I bought it in a Steam sale for like 16 bucks or something like that. And um, it's okay. Uh, I, I, eventually I started to enjoy it more and more, and... The mystery stuff is a little bit more interesting. The investigation stuff is a little bit more interesting. But there's a lot of, like, really hacky fairy tale jokes in there. Like, 
you know, you're you're effectively playing the big bad wolf and there's Big a, B Wolf or whatever he's called. Yeah, yeah, and his name is Big B and you're there like, you That's the worst name ever. Uh, but a lot of the stuff know. a lot You probably sh- thought that was really cute. Yeah, and a lot and it probably was really cute in the nineties. People were like, Oh and now you're like, Oh uh a lot of the shit in the game totally comes across that way where it's like this might have been cute in nineteen ninety six. Now this is the hackiest hack stuff that ever hacked you know it, cutesy little jokes about them being in a fairy tale or whatever and uh just it it tries very hard to be edgy like there's a shitload of swearing like the first encounter in the game is with like the woodsman who's now like an alcoholic you know guy who's abusing a prostitute so i don't know if that blows your mind on the you know train to <laughs> edgeville but <laughs> All he does is go, fuck you, you fucking fuck, for like 90 minutes. and uh, oh, It's Angel uh, Cup. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. But, um, like I said, as it goes on, it gets a little bit better. There's promise there. Uh, they force you to buy the whole thing, so I will play the entire thing. Um, just because I'm curious to see what happens next. It's not The Walking Dead. Um, but it's got a nice little graphic style, and it's not so bad. I, I don't know. I've heard almost no one talk about it, so I just wanted hmm. to mention that I, I did blow through it a little bit. So Yeah, other than that, yeah. I uh, played some Bushido Blade. You guys remember that game? Nice. Yeah, the original? Yeah, a classic. The first one, right? Yeah, the first one. <laughs> well, and one and two, actually. Oh, yeah? And uh, those games, uh, they should remake one of those, like as a downloadable. Totally, oh, yeah. Totally, or even just reskin the original. Like, same animation frames and everything. Mm. It's a good party game. You know what's weird? I think didn't they make a um, sort of semi sequel called like Kengo for the PlayStation Two or Xbox? I don't know. They did, they tried to do something new with it, and it wasn't that good. But yeah, the originals. Uh, well, and there's a lot of hilarity in there because the the uh, if you're playing against the AI, they get stuck behind the scenery a lot. <laughs> so you can, you can kind of watch them fuck up and screw around, and it's such a dumb idea for a fighting game where it's like hit them once, they're dead. Mm. Uh, and then at one point, one guy has a gun. <laughs> oh yeah, there's like just a, like the end of Soul Edge. <laughs> <laughs> and I, th- I think it's in the second one. There's a dude with a giant afro or something, and it's you know amazingly cheesy. And yeah, well, the second one also has this crazy thing where you can put it in a first person mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the second one seems like it's overthought, like just completely. <laughs> they were like, "What else can we do with this?" And and yeah. It, it's crazy, but that first one, I feel like they if they did like HD remaster Bushido Blade, I, I feel like I would be there day one. Mm. <laughs> like that would be great, or not? Who knows? <laughs> uh, anyway, that's about it for me. Uh, other than that, you know, I played some Rogue Legacy. That's a good game. Oh, I love that game. It's super fun. Yeah, it's super fun. Okay, so we got a lot of questions on Twitter, and we're like an hour, hour and twenty minutes into this already. So we should get to these questions on Twitter. Okay, Dot .04 asks, what next-gen games are you guys even remotely looking towards? Oh, and by next-gen, he means uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox, and, and Wii U? Uh, I, don't think Wii, I don't think Wii U counts as next-gen. <laughs> I was going to say, does Bayonetta count? <laughs> no, let's take any... We got some questions about next-gen, so let's go ahead and take Wii U out of that and just say okay. PS4 and Xbox. Well, uh... D4, that's the new one from, um, was it Swery65? The guy who, that might be interesting, I don't know though. It almost seems like he's kind of running into a Suda51 territory where he just kind of, 
Yeah, trying a little too hard. Like, got to maintain the pace. You got to be kind of ironic to tat, but yeah, yeah, it might do. It might be good, you know. Yeah, I try. Honestly, I'd forgotten that existed. I can't think of it. Like, I don't think of games that far out, and I don't think there's any games that are coming out in the next couple months. Well, everyone uh, keeps saying like, "Oh, March, March, March!" Like that everything comes out in March, and it's like Infamous and Titanfall, and I don't care about either of those. Well, there's Octodad. I mean, is that already out on PC? Yeah, not that like, that's like a system seller, but yeah, it's going to be a multi-platform thing anyway. So, like, they have not announced anything that I'm. Yeah, I honestly don't know anything. I mean, that, okay, so that that one that Capcom's making, uh, deep down, might be cool. Maybe. Oh, you mean the um, the Dark Souls looking one? Yeah, the one that everybody thought was going to be Dragon's Dogma Two, but is like mm-hmm. now this kind of. Dark Souls Assassin's Creed thing because it actually takes place in the present day and you're like yeah, going into people's nice. memories but sure whatever I'll give them a shot maybe the people who made Dragon's Dogma are actually making that and I like Dragon's Dogma <laughs> and you know there's Final Fantasy 14 which uh, if they can make it play as fast as it, even half as fast as it moves in the trailer that might be worth something but you know I have to see more of that Wait, don't you that mean like, 15? Oh, 15, 15, yeah. I keep forgetting yeah, yeah. that the uh, online ones exist. I wish Final they Fantasy 15, yeah. Yeah, that's confusing. I, wish, I still wish they hadn't done that. Hmm. <laughs> Number the online ones. Well, they could have at least kept it, just just make another 11. 11 2. 11 2. Yeah, why didn't they just call it 11 2? There you go. <laughs> I mean, that would be 11 3 because they were already on 14 2. Yeah, they overhauled it. <laughs> uh,. I mean, but that, I mean, is that even coming out next year? No. Yeah, no, no. Those will come out like two or three years from now, like that and Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm-hmm. I can't think about games that are more than like two or three months out. I just can't bring myself to care that far in advance. Like, the hype is so built up now. There's just like, there's no reality about a video game until like the week before it hits the shelf. This is true. All right, Ronan Willis asks. What's your take on the distinction made between casual and hardcore gamers? <laughs> uh, that is made by teenagers. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, don't worry about it. Who? <laughs> I don't care about. It's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> I think the idea of like being a gamer as like an identity is fucking bullshit. Like, yeah. No matter what. Oh, you play video games. Great, that's a real cool excuse for not having a personality. <laughs> yeah, I really yeah, hope the hardcore gamer label just becomes self the self parody that it so clearly is. Where, it, uh, yeah, just there's just better things to spend your time thinking about <laughs> than like worrying about like the person on their iPad like playing Plants vs Zombies next to you on the subway. Like she's not a real gamer, casual. <laughs> Yeah, while well, you play Neptunia on your Vita or whatever. Yeah. Revelations for the 17th time, in my case. <laughs> XB Sane asks, do you think Steam boxes will even be relevant? Yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? But, so well, this is something I didn't know until, like, yesterday. They're all running on Linux? What? Because that seems like a gambit. Are they really all running on Linux? I mean, aren't they? Or I, I maybe I got some misinformation. It seemed like they're using some sort of proprietary Linux OS. I presume to squirt to skirt having to include Windows and pay for it. Uh, 
So I'm sure since it's like basically a PC, you can install whatever you want, but I think it comes with Linux. Yeah, I think it is. So that's like, I don't know. I hope a lot of people make video games for Linux, but also if that thing costs $500, it's not that hard to just make your own $500 computer. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are some people that will benefit from that, but everybody who's on the Internet can probably scrounge up one person that knows how to make computers if they're interested in video games. Like, chances are they have a friend who knows how to build a computer and just ask them what to buy, and they'll tell you. Like, people who know how to build computers love telling people what computers you should build. Mm-hmm. So you can just, like, avoid the whole Steam process. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, a big part of the reason I didn't buy any of the next-gen stuff was because I just I just built a PC last year, and all I have to do mm-hmm. is slap some new parts in it, and it'll still look better than those <laughs> than, the, mm-hmm. than the next-gen stuff. So it's like, okay, well, you know, until I need one of these things for an exclusive game that I just have to have one for, um, I'm going to hold off. Although somebody said that running Blu-rays on a PS4 is so much faster than on a PS3. And I was oh, like, really? almost, because I, <laughs> I I still collect Blu-rays. So yeah, I uh, think all I have is The Lord of the Rings and like Ghost <laughs> of the Shell 2. <laughs> Akira. So if I ever want to watch any of those, I'll put it on my PS4. <laughs> uh, here's a good question. EbonAs3R asks, Is David Cage the M. Night Shyamalan of video games? No, I don't think so. Not at all. I, I mean, I don't think he's, like, hyper-focused on one concept, unless that concept is, like, sexually really assaulting graphics, his yeah. lady characters. Oh, wow. Yeah, we had different, uh, we had different ideas. Yeah, I was going to get Beyond. Beyond. <laughs> that, like, I think the moment where I just gave up on Beyond is when, like, Alan Page gets sexually assaulted in, in like, what might as well be titled The Rape Bar. Wow. For, like, uh, <laughs> but, I don't know. He didn't uh, make I, Devil I, I or produce Devil. On, or think, Lady in the Water, you know. But I, give him time, you know. I think I gave up on Beyond sooner than you did just because I found it kind of dull. Like, really? It's really just... I played through the whole thing. I modestly regret that. I but don't, I just... I, by, the, I, yeah. by the end of the game, uh, Army Dude punches a superior officer and says, Consider that my resignation! You're kidding. And I was like, come on, dude. <laughs> and that's like sums up everything about that game. Wow. And like the fact that they keep pushing that love interest on you, they're like, there needs to be a script in that game is like, you have said no to this dude like five times. He's got to get the message already. Because like by the end of the game, he's like, I just wanted to know if we still had a chance or whatever. And I'm like, I've never done anything with you. Like I kicked you out of my apartment. Oh, but he's not we didn't make out when we were going to die in the cold in China. <laughs> Now, Zach, you actually liked Heavy Rain, right? I did. I did like and- Heavy Rain. Upon replaying it, um, not as much as I used to. <laughs> but I, I, I admire, like, okay, so, like, D- D- David Cage, he takes a lot of shit from quote-unquote gamers, uh, <laughs> who I just feel like if they're rejecting what he's doing, then they really have almost no tolerance for any anyone trying to do anything even a little different or new or... It just it, it seems so intolerant. It's like, yeah, he's making these really flawed games, but no one makes games like that guy does. Like he does make stuff that's at least unique and interesting, um, and that's kind of what I want to see. Um, but <laughs> playing through them is another matter. And uh, playing back through Heavy Rain, I'm like, you know, th- this game has a lot of problems. 
but I still kind of like it in all of its sort of wonky charm. Like, it's... Uh, yeah, I'd still give it up to Heavy Rain. Beyond lost me. It it just lost me. Way too fast. I, I just wasn't into it. How long is the game overall? Uh, I feel like it's like 20 hours. Really? Close wow. It might be more like 15 or maybe okay. even 12. It, just it feels felt really like, long. Yeah. Feels and like some of the segments drive. are like almost two hours long. Like there's just this like section where you hang out with this Native American family on a ranch in like Arizona or New Mexico for two hours and it's just so dry. Uh, no pun intended. But oh, no. It's just slow. So slow. And so full of every movie cliche. Like if he would just ease up on like the homages to everything he's ever seen, I would get a lot less frustrated. Yeah, and like this, I don't know. Like the, the thing that I always come back to is the psychiatrist scene in Heavy Rain, where like there's a good cop, bad cop thing playing out because like he just wanted a good cop, bad cop thing in his game, but it like has no context, and they are like physically assaulting this psychiatrist for like no reason, and like your choice as a character is just to like kind of wander around the room while this like movie cliche comes out where it's like. People are dying, Doc. You gotta tell me where the killer is. And he's like, I don't know. And uh, this is illegal what you're doing, but whatever. I have to hurt you. My children are dying. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And the thing about uh, I mean, the heavy rain thing where he has the that like tremendous. I don't know, I guess call it a plot hole, whatever, where he has the origami figures, and it's just this, like, enormous red herring that has no point. <laughs> like, I'm not the kind of person who, like, just minutely dissects things like that, but it's, like, so clear that, like, all right, here's the part where the psychic part of the game was, and they made him strip it out, and they didn't remove these scenes. Like, it's, like, you know, editing exists for a reason, and for whatever reason, it seems like he is just completely immune to it. I'm not sure why. Uh, maybe now, because Heavy Rain sold like a million billion copies, but it seemed like before that he wasn't like this like super sales guy that like made millions of dollars. Well, I, yeah, well, exactly. I mean, with the Indigo Prophecy, I mean... <laughs> yeah, it didn't seem like Indigo Prophecy was like a hot seller. But at the same time, like when I start his games, I buy them for like, you know, three or four hours. And I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty fun. Like, it's really interesting. Uh, Indigo Prophecy was, like, sort of infamously on our podcast. Like, one of the first games where we were, like, one week, we are like, hey, we played an hour of this. It seems pretty neat. And came back the next week and was like, oh, God, it's, like, terrible. It's so bad. It's It's like giant ghost fleas are chasing you. And the the Internet is one of the main antagonists. Uh, But until that point, I don't know. I do like inhabiting these characters and being like and poking around at locations and that first scene in Indigo Prophecy where you have to clean up the crime scene that you created while under a spell is great. Uh, I wish some of the characters weren't like seventies exploitation like cops, uh, for example. And like, why does he always want to put characters in their underwear and then have them sexually assaulted? And then the, there's like the sex scene lead up, like in Heavy Rain, like uh, the what's his name Ethan is like has been electrocuted and burned and stuff and Madison has just been like t- treating his electric burns and then she's like hey let me swerve on you yeah. and then like you have the option for a sex scene yeah he's like look my body's been through uh, several hours of intense torture and it's a miracle I'm not dead but uh, totally in the mood to fuck 
Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I feel like I would actually sincerely like his games if someone could just rein him back a little. Yeah, because I do. But he's doing stuff that no one else does, and I'll still play his games. Like, if he puts out something, I'll check it out. And like, Beyond was available in a fucking red box, so I didn't have to shell out the sixty bucks. (laughs) I could just get it that way, and it's like, okay, fine. You know, I'll always take a look at what he's doing. And again, the first time I played Heavy Rain, I was very impressed with it. I think it's just because. It really made me like I had these moments where like you know that like where you're driving down the wrong way on the freeway, and you're like frantically hitting the buttons and trying to get it to, trying to make sure you don't get the worst ending or whatever, and making mm. sure you don't die. Like I, I was I was into that. I was like, oh man, like you know, and the thing where you gotta like cut your finger off and stuff. Like that stuff was oh, yeah, crazy. Totally. Like that stuff was crazy, and it really got me into it and really in, engaged me. And, you know, the part where you have to very slowly put the lipstick on. I was like, oh, man. I mean, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, and I I do like, I mean, a lot of people, when it comes to stuff like quick time events, are like, oh, it doesn't matter if you fail or not. It doesn't affect the story at all. But I've always been more of the tact that, like, you know, whatever emotion inspires you, inspires in you in the moment that's not insincere yeah yeah. so even though like you're what's his name ethan can't die in that like crazy car thing in the first third of the game like that doesn't mean it wasn't still kind of frantic or intense for you yeah i just feel like (laughs) if you fuck that up bad enough it will ruin the rest yeah like it will yeah it does affect you yeah (laughs) you know it did i don't know I, i was just into it at the time and, and replaying it again like now I'm seeing all the flaws and everything it's like okay well this isn't that great but at least this guy's trying something else and, and we need like I want like oh, he's not the M. Night Shyamalan of video games because he didn't make there, he did not make any sort of equivalent to The Happening or The Last Airbender uh, <laughs> in video games so no that's not true video games need more auteurs like people who have this like recognizable thumbprint and you will see their hand guiding it and there's an artist that's behind it and even if you don't like the artist and you don't like his work it's always good to have someone with a singular vision and you can look forward to the next whatever they're going to do um i i like that i i i'm a big i'm a big auteur theory subscriber anyway Mm. so So, somebody actually asked me that on twitter maybe like uh month ago with regards to Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, I don't know. You're right. You're definitely right with David Cage. Like, I think that is super rare in video games because you need like 500 people to make a really expensive video game and sort of dilutes the pool a lot, especially since all this stuff is just kind of committed to death, like that Call of Duty stuff and even games like Halo, which you don't think of as quite as crass. Like all this stuff is just focus tested. Mm-hmm. To the extreme. So in that sense, yeah, like, you do want more people like David Cage. Even if, like, God, his games make me so bad and so bored right, at the right. same it's time. Really the but I do keep playing them. All right. <clears throat> Moving on. Abinaster3R also asks, uh, biggest buyer's remorse you ever had for a video game? Ever? Yeah, I mean, ever, that's a <laughs> All right. pretty big question there, because uh, many games. I would say Mission Impossible for the... NES, the original Nintendo system. Because at the time, uh, my family was living in Germany. Uh, There was no place to buy video games except the base, so we were really limited in what you could get. And there was no real recourse if you didn't like the game. You couldn't really sell it anywhere. You could try to get it pawned off on somebody at school, but most kids were not not big Mission Impossible fans. And I got the game because it was cheap and because it 
looked good in Nintendo Power, and that was my harsh first harsh lesson lesson about uh, Nintendo's marketing machine. It really did not uh, pay off to buy Mission Impossible, and it was just a crap. It wasn't that a completely terrible game, not like uh, the Captain Planet NES gamers that Silver Surfer thing, but it was just so boring, and I hated it, and I had to live with it, and. Every t- other time I've bought a completely terrible game, I've at least been able to go and play something else. I've had like dozens of other games to play. I've been able to sell it off I've, or even sometimes return it. There was a time when you could actually return games to EB Games if you didn't like it. And that was one time where I bought a game and I had to basically stew in it for you know a couple weeks until I could afford something else. I don't... I, I, I'm racking my brain. I don't think I have an answer. I, I don't retain stuff like that. Uh, I guess I can say in recent memory that I bought uh, that, I, I can't even remember what it's called now, that side-scrolling thing that's supposed to be like Metal Slug. Is it called Mercenary Kings? Yeah. I yeah. bought that, and I was super bummed out that the split screen is like, with two players, it just puts you in these opposite little squares on the corner of the map, and super small, and the game's basically unplayable. So I was like, man, I spent $15 on that. But that was just a lesson in don't buy games on Steam early access. That is a scam. <laughs> it's not a scam, but it's just like you got to go into that thinking you're not getting a full game. Because like when I booted up uh, the Mercenary Kings, it didn't even have like video settings or like like the settings menu was not clickable. <laughs> so I don't know. That doesn't seem like a huge problem at all. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like I just. It's it's weird. I don't like this idea that you can buy games before they're quote unquote finished as much as anything is finished in these days. But putting it out there and being like, hey, can we have fifteen dollars so you can have this like weird kind of alpha? I'm trying to think of like this is like it's like biggest buyer's remorse you've ever had. And it's like, man, I've been playing garbage video games since I was a wee a wee lad. So I'm trying to think of like the worst game. That I ever actually bought. And, like, you know, it's much worse when you're a kid and, like, I've got this $50 and I'm going to buy a video game. It's like, the only thing that matters is that that game is the best game that ever came out. Uh, I think the worst thing, the worst decision I ever made was uh, Nightmare Creatures on the PS1. Um, oh, I remember that game. If yeah. anyone remembers that game. It's kind of a yeah. Wait, British no, wait, no, I'm thinking of the wrong game. game. I'm thinking of the wrong game. Death Trap Dungeon. Fel- oh, okay. Yeah. I also remember that game. Death Trap Dungeon. I bought that game. I had, like, I, I was like, okay, this is going to be the game for, like, the next two months or three months or something because I won't have $50 again for another mm-hmm. two or three months or something. And, man, that game was a big piece of shit. <laughs> like, a lot of PS1 games are. Um,. Yeah, the, the buyer's remorse is real bad when you're a kid. As an adult, you're like, ah, oh, well, <laughs> it, it matters less because, in the grand scheme, you know they don't cost that much. You know, and you learn to wait for sales and stuff like that. Okay, last question from Avnastriar: What IP uh, would you like Telltale to turn into a game, a la Walking Dead? Hmm. Anyone? I don't know. I don't think I follow anything. I mean, they, well, they apparently are big into the comics. When they did make a, a, that Fables adaptation, it got me to wondering what they, how they would do if they made a Sandman adaptation, you know, the Neil Gaiman comic series. Yeah. I had to wonder how, I don't know if that would really do all that well, but 
that's really what Fables reminds me of. So that's kind of what came to mind. I don't know. I, I I'm not a fan of the stuff that like I didn't like any of those Lucas Arts things that they did. So like their version yeah. of Monkey Island felt soulless and it wasn't funny. Same thing with their Sam and Mac stuff. Mm. Um, Walking Dead was like the first thing they made that was really really good. So if if what they do well with is comics material that tends toward you know sort of darker uh, storylines, then that's fine. Um, I just you know I played that Back to the Future game that was garbage. Uh, apparently that Jurassic Park game was even more. Yeah, garbage. yeah, that was terrible. Like, <laughs> I uh, if that's what works for him, great. Then uh, I don't fucking know. Make a Lobo game. <laughs> <laughs> Pick up the Image oh, Comics rights. Make a Spawn game. <laughs> a Cure Long game. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Oh, there you go. Wildcats. The tell experience. All right. Now, Alcalus Cage asks, "Do you ever experience video game burnout?" I don't, because I don't work with them for a living. So. Oh yeah, I think you can. I mean, if you spend a lot of time playing them and reviewing them, you can get to the point. Especially if you're trying to squeeze in games that you want to play on top of stuff that you basically are playing for review. I mean, we don't really see a lot of that at ANN because we're not, I guess, pushed as hard as like IGN yeah. or some of the other places. And it's just important, you know, to take a time off, realize that the game's not going anywhere. You can always come back and play it and to do other stuff in the meantime. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, video, video games are kind of a, you know, we, we do this coverage because we want to, not mm-hmm. necessarily because we have to. Mm-hmm. And so the dynamic's completely different for us than it is for, you know, a big video game website. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally had a, had a little, maybe a few years ago, where I kind of had to make a conscious decision to be like, all right, I'm not getting a, little, a lot of money for these things. It's really just like a prestige thing and a, and a practice to a certain extent. So I just was like, you know what, I, I'm not going to review things that are like super long and that I'm going to hate. So like, I just opt out when it's like a an 80-hour Moe RPG, <laughs> and that like that basically fixed it for me. It was really it was for the most part RPGs that I would start and be like, oh god, this game is like almost unplayable. It's like some weird game for the PSP, and now I had to play forty hours of it, and it it's just garbage. And I was like, kind of yeah, it would like make me feel a little down on video games. But the benefit of not doing this as a full time job is that you have a lot of say in what you are going to actually write about. So it doesn't end up bothering me much. And I probably like 5% of the things I write about are things that I don't have a ton of interest in. I mean, at least so when I opt into things, I at least have some passing interest in them. And it may turn out to be misplaced. I mean, I decided to talk about Knack, and mm-hmm. that didn't turn out well. Just being a little, a little circumspect about what you decide to pick up fixes that. Okay. Um, same guy asks favorite game soundtrack: Panzer Dragoon Lorda, uh, Valkyria Chronicles, or Final Fantasy Tactics. Beautiful Joe or God Hand. I think they were done by the same guy. All yeah. those basically like I feel like uh, X Capcom or X Square people make really good soundtracks. Yeah, I have to go with Valkyrie Profile. Um, Mega Man oh, yeah. Two for the old Nintendo. <laughs> Just for the heck of it. And Near, that had a really good soundtrack. Oh, God. That one, like, 
with the like stilt village or something. It's like this yeah. sort of chanty song that mm-hmm. you end up going to that place like four or five times. So, but it was great. And uh, even though I, d- I didn't like the game too much, Chrono Cross that still has a lot of excellent music to me. Best and, opening theme of all time. Oh yeah, definitely. Cross <laughs> and uh, Guilty Gear. Guilty Gear. For just a guilty pleasure, but no pun. I changed my answers to to Todd's. <laughs> yeah, I guess those. Great, I was going to yeah. say Chrono Cross. I mean, yeah, the music in that game was. It's it's a shame that game is fucking terrible because <laughs> the music is so good. Like, I guess you could just listen to the CD instead of playing the terrible, terrible, terrible game. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I need, and um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Symphony of the Night, of course. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. Re- I mean, Res obviously is up there. Res and Child of Eden, but those are music games, so I don't know if that counts. Um, Parappa. Parappa. <laughs> yeah. Parappa the Rapper Two is underappreciated, I think. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. It didn't really get the, the attention it deserved. No, well, it was like a close to launch game, right? Or like. Like not not that long after the PS2 came out, yeah. that came out, it was completely ignored, undersold, and yeah. now you, if you want to buy it, it's like it's not <laughs> it's not cheap. Uh, I think I don't know, uh, but that you know, Um Jammer Lammy, really good music. Yeah, uh, I like the music in uh, Final Fantasy IX. Hmm. Final Fantasy X two, pop stars, what I always <laughs> dreamed of. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. Just, just hearing the refrain of "Eyes on Me" in that fucking Final <laughs> Fantasy Eight, just like, oh god, why? What can I do for you? <laughs> I actually do really like the main theme of. I think it's ten two. It might be two. Just like whatever the like title screen thing, just the piano song. It's very good. Oh, but I say that without without joking. I really like Final Fantasy ten two. It's like my favorite one. Ten did have a good soundtrack. That. that the little piano thing at the opening, that was very nice. Well, we'll get into some JRPG questions here, uh, close to the end here. Uh, Fake Brazilian asks, what do you consider good DLC? Uh, well, Dishonored just put out, essentially, DLC that's pretty much just the two-thirds the length of the original game. Really? Uh, yeah, it's just like you play as one of the antagonists from the game, who's voiced by Michael Madsen, who I, I'm not really a fan of, but he does fine. But yeah, I'm kind of only into, like, those super extreme mission packs. Like, of this past generation, the only thing I can really think of that I enjoyed in whole was, like, Mass Effect 2 had some really good stuff. Also had some kind of bland stuff. Uh, the Fallout games have a lot of stuff that is sort of just, like, more thoughtless meandering through Fallout, which I love. Uh, and Dishonored, and for whatever reason, I really like the Resident Evil 5 DLC. Please don't hold that against me. Well, I guess DLC that doesn't really feel like it was calculated from the beginning to be uh, paid content. I mean, kind of like Street Fighter for Arcade Edition. Mm-hmm. I mean, that at least didn't seem like it was built into the game from the start. So, I, I mean, there's stuff about DLC I like, like the new Phoenix Wright case. I enjoyed that a lot. I liked the extra missions, well, most of the mid-gravity rush. But, you know, the whole idea of just buying it as DLC, I mean, you ask, why was this extra? I mean, you know. Yeah. And often it's, I mean, the Dark Souls stuff had some of the best DLC in the game. But even in that case, I think that was just sort of stuff they had left over. And I don't know if it's just because of the extra time they had to refine it or something. But, like, even as leftover stuff, 
that is the best areas and bosses in all of Dark right, Souls. Right. So, yeah, I mean that's a good thing when they have opportunities to put in stuff that they didn't have time to squeeze in due to deadlines. Totally. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a sweet spot with all games where, like, if a game is too short and you get DLC, you're like, why wasn't this in the main game? And if it's too long, you're already like burnt out on that game. You don't want to play it anyway. But somewhere in the middle, they have a chance to slip something in. But I'm pretty pumped for that Phoenix Wright DLC. But I haven't... I'm only on, like, I just started the third case. Well, the uh, wife in bed before <laughs> sleepy time. Well, the way it works is I think the, the DLC case is actually set... Well, it's before all the other ones, so you can mm. go ahead and play whenever. Oh, does that mean Athena is not in it? <laughs> because that uh, will impact my decision. Oh, do you not like Athena? Is that it? No, she's awesome. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, she's in it a lot. She's great. Oh, okay, good. Uh, yeah, she's great. She's like... I, I, I think... <laughs> I would almost say the DLC case has the best, um, you know, the witnesses and suspects of all the cases. I saw it had a whale. <laughs> that got me on board. Yeah, and a penguin. So. All right. Yeah, for me, DLC is uh, one of those things where um, I liked most of the... I think I bought all of the Fallout 3 DLC and some of the New Vegas DLC. And that, that stuff seemed like that that was worth it. Where it's like, you know, I get a couple more hours for 10 bucks or whatever, and you, you go through a little side story, and it's nice. You know, that, that's, that's about what I expect. Um, but the, the story-driven stuff is kind of what I'm after in the first place. Uh, DLC that's just, like, challenge rooms, I don't care about. Yeah, or, like, um, guns. Yeah. Here's a new Actually, rifle. Guns, costumes, <clears throat> I really don't care. But, you know, oh. all the Mass Effect stuff, too. Like, I bought all that. And that all felt pretty good. You know, some of it was shitty, some of it was good, but... Um, it had some pretty high highs and some I, I pretty wait, middle wait. middles. Yeah, exactly. And I, I wait for reviews on all that stuff now. Like, any kind of DLC. Yeah. Like, I was really interested in that uh, Bioshock Burial at Sea stuff. I did want to see that, but it was $15, and everyone was saying it was an hour and a half long, and it's not very good, and there's no conclusion, and you got to wait for part two if you want to actually see where this is going to go. So, uh... Here's what I'm going to do. Wait until it's $5 in a Steam sale yeah. six months from now. So think about Steam sales. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. I, like, I almost pulled the trigger on the Skyrim DLC, and I was like, you know what? I haven't even beat the whole game. So whenever I go back to it, like the DLC is going to be a quarter at yeah. some point. Yeah. I, I think I got uh, Dawn Guard and Dragonborn or whatever it is for, I don't know, five bucks or something like that. Like, I didn't yeah. pay much for it. And I got, like, halfway through Dawn Guard and said, you know what? I don't care about this. And stuff. But you like, get to be a vampire. Yeah, Sexy don't, vampire. Don't Sexy Nordic dinosaur vampire. Oh, um, Alright. Comic Chaser asks, Game of the Year candidates. Anyone have one of those? For Goki? It's not, it's not something I think about frequently, but no, uh, someone actually did ask me on, on Tumblr recently. So I tried to compile a list. And I think... It's between Dragon Crown and Metal Gear Rising, but like I don't know, I'm useless at these things if I can't pick like a top five. Yeah, nothing really jumped out at me. It's like one thing I um, liked above everything else. Like last year, it was Gravity Rush pretty much, and then Journey was number two. But this year, there there were a lot of games I liked, but nothing that's triumphed over the other ones. I mean, I liked Phoenix Wright, I liked Fire Emblem, Pandora's Tower. Gone mm-hmm. home, I like to, but you know, 
I don't know. Can't really pick one. Maybe something will come along in the in the yeah in the next three weeks that'll be my game. I wouldn't count on it. I looked up the December <laughs> yeah. game releases. I didn't yeah. see a lot of stuff. Maybe maybe you know a Curse of the Curry God or whatever that is coming. <laughs> you never know. Uh, yeah, I, uh, two best games I played this year so far: Mario World 3D and uh, Rogue Legacy. Like certainly the games I put the most time into. Yeah, I mean they're both great. I like. I think I would might even have to winnow it down to like a list of just ten games you should probably play. Yeah, I've never been really great at the like game of the year. Thing. Well, the game of the it's just meaningless jargon. Yeah. Like it, 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 uh, video game websites have to worry about that sort of thing. We don't. We uh, don't yeah, I, mean, I just feel like if I was like Metal Gear Rising, it's it, and I'm like, wait, no, Wonderful One One was also good. <laughs> So I don't know. Last of Us was great. I don't. I don't know where to stop. Oh, The Last of Us. I wish I. Uh, I wish I had finished that, and at the same time, I'm. Fine I feel like I, I'm fine it that ends I didn't. Really strong. It ends in a way that I would not expect a video game to end. Yeah. That maybe colored my perceptions of it. But then I would have to be good enough at video games to get through that shit, and I had to put it on yeah. TV, and I was still terrible at it. So I was like. You know, you fucking clicking mushroom head guys. Fine, you win. I'm done with this. I mean, you can watch it, on YouTube or something. Or uh, I guess it, I could. You it definitely like amped up the the uncharted stealth sequences to a really stupid degree. Of like, uh, once you fail the stealth sequence, it spawns like thirty more guys. I'll just watch out it of nowhere. Um, okay, uh, I wanted to get to this one. Uh, you guys have mentioned this. Uh, uh, Kenakema, who was a guest on this show um, not not too long ago, well, years ago actually, um, asks, "What's been your top JRPG for this year, and what's your top Japanese-made game of the last few years?" Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'll answer this, this first. Year. And uh, Dave, you uh, you mentioned this top JRPG for this year, Earthbound. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Top Japanese-made game of the last few years, uh, Dragon's Crown. Like, easily. That game was JRPG. great. Game or, was yeah, Dragon's Crown is fantastic. It's such a good uh, game. Like, like the, all that hand-wringing and stuff about the character design so missed the point of that game. Like, Yeah, I, I do I do have some qualms, not with the character designs per se. But, oh, of uh, course. There's a lot of... Like, there's some, there's some weird situations in that game, such as, like, the chained nymph poking mm-hmm. and, yeah, like, no, the I'm, warrior monk that yeah. shows you her vagina as she lays oh, dying. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff is really, you know... Embarrassing. Let's, but like, let's spell it yeah, out. I have fairly limited problems with the Amazon. It's really... it's These things is more about, like, the ability... ability or, sorry, uh, like, agency of the characters. So... I got some qualms with the sorceress and her like desire to run around like what am I doing? How do I cast magic? Mm-hmm. Oh, my boobs are so big. <laughs> but I mean, it's like they finally figured out how to make a video game. Oh, no. Not a fan of Odin Sphere or I mean I tolerated Muramasa a lot more, but this one is just like wow, they actually figured out how to make a system that remains fun. Through like you could play this game for sixty, seventy hours if you really want to push it. Yeah, if you go it alone, it's not too much fun because you'll get to a point where you're doing the same. I think they start repeating the quests yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But for multiplayer, it is really hard to beat. I played it. Yeah, I played it entirely co-op, and it was yeah, so. You much definitely fun. want to play it with other people. Uh, yeah. And that the Japanese elf voice is just like it's just like squeaky Japanese voice, like standard kind of. I think she's a really famous Moe actor. Yeah. Uh, 
But I just became obsessed with her because she'd be like, Ikuyo! And I'd just start parroting that until I got punched a lot. But I, <laughs> like, I, don't know. I didn't really get as into it as I thought. I mean, although we're talking about RPGs this year, uh, I'm probably going to say Fire Emblem. Yeah, I've, honestly, I think, I've never been that big on the series, but I really did like what they um, how they sort of sharpened it up for the 3DS. That the localization was pretty good, and the way they you could maneuver all the characters into relationships that was fun. Yeah, and, oh, I yeah. love that stuff. I love it. In fact, <laughs> if you've said Fire Emblem, I would I would probably give Etrian Odyssey four the nod, but Fire Emblem is really great. I thought that came out last year. No, it was like it was January of this year, January or February. And that, I love their tiny little feet. Mm-hmm. They all have like these <laughs> tiny little horse hooves. <laughs> I love all those characters. I just well, I except the dragon. Them. What's her face? Or oh yeah, the ten year old, like twelve, the twelve year old that's actually yeah, two hundred years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that old yarn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I, I continue to sit like the, the copy of Dragon's Crown is just like sitting here. and It's like you haven't finished me yet. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'll do it. We actually we have a whiteboard that's like video games we have yet to play, <laughs> and Dragon's Crown on Super Hard is still on the list. <laughs> oh, that's a good game. Um, all right, uh, Chibi UFO asks most disappointing game of the year and why. I would have to. I mean, I, I'm, I know something happened to me this year that like cut a hole in my heart, but I, I can't think of anything specifically. I mean, I played some stuff that I was, like, very modestly looking forward to, like Remember Me and Killer's Dead, and they ended up both being just kind of oh, really yeah. bland and lame. Remember so, Me really had potential, but... I, I mean, I don't know if it had potential. It looked like it could have been fun, and it wasn't at all. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think it... I wasn't expecting, like, man, this is going to be it. This is going to be game of the year, so to speak. But, I like, when I came out of it, I was like, wow, that was... A really just like completely unmemorable eight hours. I, yeah. And I, oh, that eight hours, you used that uh, memory hijacking scene maybe like three times or something. That yeah, was, and it just, yeah, that was so underused. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the coolest part of the game, those like three sequences. And it always felt like you were doing it in these like really morally questionable ways that the game never mm-hmm. considered morally questionable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, especially that like first girl who you like delete her memory of her husband so she thinks he's dead. And mm-hmm. then she's like, oh, we're friends. And then like at the end of the game, she's like still driving you around in your helicopter and you like never mentioned that's like, hey, I hacked your brain. And like <laughs> we were actually enemies and you were going to kill me. Thanks for dropping me off at the last boss. Yeah. I almost want to say, well, I haven't played Crimson Dragon, but you know, watching it completely <laughs> tank was it was probably the biggest disappointment game wise for me this year. So I nominated in absentia. There, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, geez, biggest disappointment for me. Um, I don't think I have one. I, it, it's hard to like think back. It's like because uh, you know, at, at this point, I don't play the expectations game anymore. So disappointment comes at. Uh, it comes after having expectations in the first place. Yeah. Um, so I have mm-hmm. surprises, like Assassin's Creed Four. I was like, "That's going to be terrible. I'm not going to play it." And then I got it and was like, "This is great." So that was a nice surprise. Um, but in terms of you know disappointments, it's like, well, somebody told me I should really pay, play the uh, I should really play the uh, PlayStation One game Jumping Flash. Oh, God. <laughs> I did. And I was wow. like, this is fucking garbage. 
I mean, I played like 30 seconds of that game when it came out on the PS3 or PS1, and I was like, how do, what is it? I don't understand yeah, it, it what's happening here. It would be a really fun game if you could see your character. It, but it, yeah. It's a, yeah. It's, it's like, uh, why is it first person? Yeah. You're a robot rabbit. Yeah. yeah it, you it, can skip to the second one if you want to. Anyway, it's, but it's got the same problem. So. Sure, right. It, it, but that was one of those, like, it has, like, a weird cult following now, and that cult following loves to tell you about how great it is. And then you play it, and you're like, this is not great at all. <laughs> this is all, what is wrong with you? I get it. You played it when you were 12, and you, and, and you have very fond memories of it. But, um, yeah. <laughs> You know, I have very fond memories of the Simpsons arcade game, but I don't push it on people like it's going to be the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so in terms of disappointing stuff, I, I, half of everything I played this year, I'm sure, was disappointing in some way. But uh, anyway, moving on, moving on. Um, here's a dumb question. Uh, someone asked, PS4, Xbox One, who won? Well, you'll find out in about... Ten years. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah, so PC far. seems to be the best bet. <laughs> like, because you probably already have one, and with a couple hundred bucks, it's probably good enough to play any of these games anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, dot zero four asks, how stupid is the Xbox One cable TV thing? Well, based on that video the Giant Bomb put up, pretty stupid. <laughs> it seems like it doesn't really work that way. I if I just can't bring myself to care about that. Yeah. I bet I feel like there's one person in the entire country that needed one HDMI port back to complete his like perfect video setup, <laughs> and he's like on his knees thanking Microsoft for letting him run his cable box through his Xbox. But it's like, who cares? Like, how many people even actually have cable anymore? Because <laughs> I don't. And I don't think I like personally interact with on a day to day basis anybody who does. Well, I do. <laughs> I apologize <laughs> for my uh, generalization. But no, like, I mean, I just watch everything on, like, Hulu or Netflix uh, yeah. or HBO Go, which I steal from my wife's parents. Well, see, right. So you steal it from your wife's parents. I <laughs> yeah, so they have cable. I see. Right. So you do know someone who has cable, and that's the only way you get HBO. I still hey, I buy HBO, it if they let me. So I pay for cable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anyone I can steal it from, so uh, check your privilege there, Dave. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, it it yeah, it just doesn't seem like it works that well. I don't know. Also, seems like it's sort of like that. That is kind of like the thing that that's being sold on is like, oh, this is your this is your your all purpose media box, and the biggest the, the the thing we put the most time into is integrating your cable box into your Xbox. Mm. And cable is, like, going away. Like, that's not going to be... Like, by the end of the Xbox One's life cycle, if cable is still... Cable will not still exist, as it currently does. There's no way in hell. So it seems really weird. I just wish they would spend more time on video games instead of this stuff. I mean, maybe that's self-serving for me, but I don't care about any of this crap. I have 500 things that play Netflix in my house, including my TV. I don't need another Netflix app. Uh, and also, I think the Wii U did something like this. It certainly has a TV button that I push by mistake all the time. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what that's for. <laughs> I think it might just be to control your cable box with the gamepad. Yawn. But, uh, like, yeah, I definitely press it by mistake, and then I have to, like, back out of this menu. Yeah, my Wii U is hooked up to a monitor. <laughs> it's not hooked up to a TV. Uh, 
Alright. Uh, let's see here. Alright, we're getting down to the end here. Finally. Uh, Gabmatic asks, has the Wii U finally become worth purchasing? Um, I think yes. <laughs> if you... If you want to play Wonderful 101, uh, if you have any interest in Monster Hunter, so anybody out there, the six people who are interested in Monster Hunter, uh, I mean, Pikmin 3 was all right. There's, like, a bunch of, like, pretty okay Nintendo games out there now and a couple really good Nintendo games. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have a ball on myself, but, and I prob- might not until X comes out, but, yeah, I'd say definitely there's good reasons to buy it. I would kill a person if Atlas would announce Trauma Team 2 for Wii U. Anybody of their choosing. Um, Murder them. Yeah, I would get that too. Um, <laughs> I love that first one. I, I like all the Trauma Center games, but I love Trauma Team especially. Trauma Team was fun. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, no, you're right. Man, where, where's the Trauma Team game? Okay, now I want It's so fun! <laughs> Uh, Even though they really messed up the co-op for a lot of it. <laughs> honestly, I, I'm going to just throw this out there. I would wait, if you want a Wii U, all the games that are out now will still be available by next summer. Yeah. By next summer, if this thing isn't 200 bucks, I'll... Uh, I mean, it's I, also... I only own one hat, but I'll eat I'll eat that. <laughs> yeah, it's also sort of had a like a couple price drops in a sense already, because it yeah. went down 50 bucks, and now they're giving you like two whole games, I think, when yeah, you buy it. And, yeah. And one of which is like Mario, which is a, a pretty good subsidized game. Yeah. When yeah. you consider your, uh, what is the other one Wind Waker? Uh, Wind Waker is the other one, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know th- that Mario game kind of blows. So I would suggest. Oh, oh, I thought it was Mario. Th- I, 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 the only way I see these things is commercials on Hulu. Yeah, so it no, seemed they, like they were giving you Mario 3D World. No, no, no. But they, I guess no, 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 not at all. The, there's a bundle okay, so that that's has, less good. There's a bundle that comes with New Super Mario Brothers and Super Luigi Brothers. Uh, oh, yeah, which Luigi is or whatever the... Okay, that's different. I, I rescind my statement, but still only like 300 bucks. The Zelda ones, the Zelda one's the one that I got, and I feel like it's fine. Um, but only if you only if you have the money laying around, like don't tax your pocketbook. I, I would say, <laughs> like, if you have like fun money to blow on something, yeah, sure. Like you're gonna have a lot of fun with the uh, the games that are out on the Wii U, the first party games that are out on the Wii U. But no, I wouldn't suggest like running out and getting one. Like it, it, I, I would get it before a PS4 or an Xbox. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, right now, sure. I mean, those consoles are weeks old at this point. But even kind of for like the foreseeable future, I literally do not know any games coming out at like in the next six months for either of those consoles. At least Bayonetta is coming out at some level this time, though they, that may be, be the end of 2014. Well, you're just not excited enough for Drive Club. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I don't play any of those games. I don't play, like, the super, like, military shooters. Like, I, I, I want a shooter where I shoot a cartoon gun that maybe, like, shoots buzz saws. <laughs> so I, I'm not really into Call of Duty. I'm not into driving stuff. And I can't afford, well, I could afford two Xboxes, but that might be pushing it. So Dead Rising 2 will have to wait, or 3. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Watch Dogs will be on PC, but I, I don't know why everyone's so excited about that game. Every I've seen, I feel like I've seen three hours of that game being played and still don't care. Like, well, have they ever talked about what that, like, co-op or multiplayer stuff is? Because that was the only thing that looked cool to me I about it. I don't know, but, you know, it's, oh, hack the planet. It's like, I don't give a fuck. I yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It's like, here, just play, like, another dude with a beard that's, like, wandering around. He reminds me of the 
uh, what's his name? The dude from Indigo Prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so just sort of like, yeah. yeah, completely generic, like, brown-haired dude. Like, and it's just like, I was he set up for a crime he didn't commit? I do not even know that much about this game. I know he's got a bandana. I don't care. I, I don't care about Watch Dogs. I, I don't when, care about the way starts... Ubisoft tells their stories, truth be told. <laughs> like, I'll suffer through a Splinter Cell game because I want to sneak. But Okay, I wanted to get to this question. Season 234 asks, to all three of you, what is your all-time favorite role-playing game? Final Fantasy Ten Two. Mm-hmm. It's probably Final Fantasy Tactics, but I do like Ten Two. Oh yes. Yeah. So, well, if we count Tactics, I mean that's a strategy. Yeah, I wasn't I'm, sure if that was I'm, fair. I'm, I'm really predictable. I'm Valkyrie Profile, so yeah, Valkyrie yeah. Profile is great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I might also say Persona Four if I was really pushed. I really liked Persona Four. I like uh, Pensburg and Saga. That would probably be my third place. I'm gonna go with Final Fantasy Ten. <laughs> it's my favorite. Not enough dress spheres. <laughs> yeah, right. So Final Fantasy Ten Two is kind of bullshit to me, but Ten was. Yeah, I mean it's it's not it's not it's not going to win no awards, but it does have costume changes, <laughs> and that's what I like. Ten was a I having again having replayed it recently. I I like that game a lot. Like I'm looking forward for when they put those two games out, which I feel like was supposed to happen like six months ago. Yeah, yep. I I am willing to rebuy them. All right. Uh, in that vein, T and Rice asks, "Anyone thinking about Lightning Returns? One of you guys have yes. to review it." So yes, I'll play it. Costume changes. Yes. <laughs> when does that does that come out soon? I don't uh, even February, know. I think. Ah, oh, that's so far away. I watched my wife play some of thirteen two, and it looked atrocious. Mm. Uh, but people seem to like Lightning Returns, and it has dress spheres. So. I'm willing to give it a shot. I don't know. They've, it seems like they've been cutting it down further with each iteration of Final Fantasy 13. You went from a three-character party to two in... Thir- well, yeah, two in a and, little... And your Moogle or whatever. And now it's just, it's just her all by herself dressing up and, and still going to these separate fight sc- battle scenes when you could just be fighting the stuff on the map. So, I don't know. Yeah, but when you could fight the stuff on the map in Final Fantasy 12. I didn't like that. I need a little separation of church and state. Like yeah. I, it just felt like the battles had no consequence in in twelve. Like your dudes would unsheath their guns and kill a guy from like a mile away while you were running up there as Ash, trying to swing your sword at it. You'd be like, "All right, well, I guess you guys got all the rabbites. Whatever, <laughs> I'll just hang back." But like, so I don't know how the battle system works in in. Uh, in uh, Lightning Returns, is it like Ten Two, where you can change your jobs like, in the middle of the battle? Yeah, you can basically do that in the middle of the battle. It's really quick too. It's like in Thirteen, how you can swap between the paradigms, but instead of oh, okay, yeah, totally, you, you swap between well, dress spheres, and then your attack options change. Each little attack has a different I mean, that's, button map to it, so it's kind of fun. But I try hard to care though. But anything, I mean, they dump this whole is Lightning happy? This is about Lightning's choices, and yeah, come on. I mean, I feel like they had a chance with her to make something not dumb. Uh, exactly. And, and like, yeah, I'm talking about like in Final Fantasy 13, and it didn't really end up going anywhere, but her sort of like stoicism at least was better than the sort of average, like, uh, what's her name, Sharia from one of the Tales games, Tales of Graces. 
that's mm-hmm. just sort of that archetype of like the fussy girlfriend female yeah, exactly. lead. So at least like Lightning was on par yeah, I mean, with like crappy male leads like Cloud. Yeah, she was an interesting character, but not in an interesting. She didn't have an interesting game though. So I guess that's what they're trying to do with Lightning Returns. But yeah, who knows? I ended up liking. I ended up liking the very end of Final Fantasy Thirteen. I don't think you should play that forty-hour game just to get to the end. But by the end, the combat got decent. If uh, they should release a version of that game that just comes with a fast-forward button. And yeah, totally. I'll be I mean, really, there's really, like no reason to play the first fifteen hours. Yeah, then I'll be uh, very happy. Anyway, uh, that is our last question, and uh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. But uh, thank you guys both for uh, for coming back on the show. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you. And uh, as usual, people can uh, check out uh, AnimeNewsNetwork.com for your latest reviews. And uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Oh, no problem. I, I serve at the pleasure of the ANN courts. <laughs> okay, that's our show. Big thanks to Dave and Todd for stopping by. Theme songs Bucharest by the band New Division. You can check them out at NewDivisionMusic.com. Don't forget, subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a rating, a review. We'd really appreciate it, and we'll see you all next week.